My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Previously huh? on the Pete Santilli Show. I've been smelling my Oh, I just got a sex change. It's already infected. It smells like shit and decay. Really good chance I'm gonna take my life one day. At least I'll get more attention than all those normie gays. It's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to when a creature like me believes that it's true that he could just wake up and not be a dude. But he is. Oh, he is living as a new girl with a Y chromosome. You ask which men can be women, I'll tell you which can. The ones that trade their pole for a hole, and that hole really stinks, and it's covered in goo, and it smells like a combo of roadkill and poop. If I don't dilate it, it will heal shut and fill in. Tell me which man can be women. George Bush's HRT team, FBI, Mueller sent HRT guys to go escort the Bin Ladens out of the country on 9-11. Not a plane was in the air. Guess which one was in the air? One plane. The Bin Ladens, okay? Escorted out by the FBI. Bomb the FBI. Netanyahu. You, you want to end terrorism? They're actually giving free flights on 9-11, okay? To terrorists. You want to end terrorism? Bomb the FBI, Netanyahu. He's not going to do it. You know why? Because he's part of the scam. Netanyahu. And that's not anti-Semitic. On behalf of the Jews, I say revolt against Netanyahu. That scumbag, all right? That scumbag was about to have a huge protest right about the time when his Hamas people attacked you. Come 2024, I think we're going to see more corporate bankruptcies than 2008, 2009 had 
I mean, by by a long shot, um, because we've used all of our capital, all the expendable currency that that companies in America had, they used up during COVID. So there isn't a rainy day fund, and so when rates go up, they're they're in a huge pickle. They they won't be able to afford it. I think that's the big thing that comes in during an election year when every politician is making every promise under the sun. What promise are they going to try to make? Don't worry, America. We'll get you out of it right we're going to keep printing we're going to provide stimulus here and stimulus there all while the BRICS nations are stri stripping away demand for the u.s dollar by taking away the petrodollar by taking away the reserve currency status we're going to be forced to print like there's no tomorrow raise rates even further and yeah i think all of this is like the like to what you just said the culmination of a perfectly horrible financial political superstorm that i think hits us during an election year and when people are hurting during election year they tend to give away a lot of their freedoms in the election what is our common bond truly freedom freedom without freedom you can't be a christian no matter what denomination you belong to you can't be a buddhist you can't own a donut shop you can't drive from here to oregon you can't be an american because that's what it's all about and it's the only thing that it's all about nothing else nothing else it's about freedom there's a time to pray, and there's a time to stand. Actually, you know what? Deb was like, oh my goodness, that's the wrong previously on Pete Tilly show. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I kind of like that one. You know, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Is anyone offended by the um, smells like roadkill and goo or roadkill and poop? <laughs> poo. Oh, road, roadkill and poo. <laughs> that's what they're all about. That's what they do. They get these, these fake vaginas, you know. What do they say? It must be dilated. It will close up. And ah, can you imagine the smell? Well, I mean, it's all from over. rotting flesh. It's all over YouTube. They even have <sighs> videos telling you how, telling them how to do it, and how many times they have to do it a day oh. or a week. I mean, oh my God, yeah. Aaron, I might as well put you. I get. I take it you're ready to go, right? Yeah, I'm pretty ready. Yeah, you're I guess so. What is pretty ready? What does that mean? I'm, I'm ready. You know what? Uh, you need to be a little bit more enthusiastic about seizing the day. Carpe uh, diem. I'm extremely enthusiastic. Yeah, you would have made a terrible sales rep on Pete Santilli's team. Yeah, well, you know. What? I, I probably been, would have been really good, but... You were... No. Oh, no. 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 Mm. 
No, no, you're good. You're you were great. You worked at a law office, right? And you took care of. Uh, I did. Uh, abused women and stuff like that. I, you're really I good. You would be much better. I would want you doing that than mm -hmm. working on my sales team. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're not very punctual. <laughs> well, no, seriously, some people are. Yeah, you got to be punctual if you're running, running a calendar meeting, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't be. But guess what? You're working in, a, in an office and, you know, mm -hmm. talking to women um, mm -hmm. about being abused. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. It was all right. Yeah. It was sad. Sad. Mm-hmm. You also worked at a, um, that was funny. You know what? It's like uh, some of the jobs that you've had in the past were like, mm -hmm. it reminded me when you were telling me stories, it's like, I love Lucy. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Like you had a t you did you had the furniture delivery company, right? I did. Way back in the day. Right? I made a lot of money. Made a because lot of I money. was really good at it. Yeah. Delivering furniture. I didn't deliver it. I managed the boys who did. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. What else did you I do? also ran the Claremont County Food Bank. Yes. See? And their sales department. Stuff like that. We Didn't made them a lot of money. And made did? them a lot of money too. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning, but I'm, everybody. But who am I? I'm stupid. The I'm first 30 minutes is Lucy Goosey. This is what we got in store for you. All right. Couple things. Trevor Loudon. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this interview. Bombshell. And then we're going to bring, at 10 o'clock, I'm going to introduce you. Uh, I'll tell him when he gets on, so I don't want to, you know, overhype it. Uh, mm -hmm. He's come to us. He wants the common man to understand. Uh, he would normally be employed by, you know, uh, the Rothschilds, the, you know, who are all the, the big oligarch royal families or whatever, the Bilderbergs or whatever. There's no family, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He would work for them. Uh, mm -hmm. telling them where to move their trillions of dollars. <laughs> he's quit their that trillions. business. Huh? Their trillions. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, he's got, uh, he, he would be the uh, trader of the elite. Mm -hmm. He's not going to do that anymore. They're all a bunch of criminals. Amen. And Always he's going to share information. He's got a way that he can look into the markets and and see how corrupt they are and he mm -hmm. he look at something and say that's called theft right there what what we just analyzed is called legalized theft mm -hmm. that is criminal what they just did mm -hmm. uh and and he's going to share this information with us and guess how much you're going to have to pay for it zero he's literally going to give it to the world just going to share this information with everybody right is that mm -hmm. great and we're gonna we're gonna do that here. Uh, help uh, from this point. This is gonna be the first introduction uh, at ten o'clock, ten to eleven, uh, to Craig. All right. Um, I'm not even giving out his last name yet, just because. You know what? Just Craig's coming on when when you see what we have inherited. Craig, you're going to be blown away. We're going to have that introductory conversation. Mm -hmm.
And then twice a week, we're going to hit it hard. And we're going we're gonna to produce segments, two segments, maybe 10, 15 minutes, looking into the markets. People are going to be blown away. I've literally been talking to them for the past couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, every single day, I get his charts, his analysis. It's amazing. And then between he and I, we're going to be able to take these visual images, his expertise, we'll translate it into a language. And this is what he wants. He wants the common man to understand um, the, the criminality of the manipulation of the markets, okay? Mm -hmm. The common man needs to know what they're doing. All right, so that's gonna happen. Um, video is frozen on locals. Video is frozen on locals, and I will see what happens there. Let me see. It's frozen, huh? It is. By golly, we'll get that fixed. Can you can you hear my audio? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I'm going to refresh, okay? So, good morning to everybody on Locals um, who is not hearing me right now. I'll fix that. No results found. Oh, my God. Seriously? I know how I'm going to fix that. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. No results found. Why is that? Oh, my God. Yeah, Jordan, hi. It, it's just a grind. It is. <laughs> I know you hate it, but, you know, I would, too, if I was just sitting there, right, mm. listening to me. Oh. Mm hmm You're a one-man band, right? What's that? I said you're a one-man band. Band. That's, you know, that's what our audience has, you know, <laughs> done to us. I mean, yeah. Steven, Steven Crowder, um, he's mm -hmm. got like nine guys. He's got one audio guy, one video guy. I'm sure they all do. Huh? Mm -hmm. They all do. Yeah. How come I don't? I don't know. Hmm? I don't know. Why is that? Because they're millionaires and we aren't. <laughs> Maybe. That might be it. That might be the reason. Oh, Pilot Mike says, take it away, Deb. So good morning, everybody. While Pete is fixing that, I'll just go ahead and say good morning. Good morning to Frank's Beach. I'm assuming that we're up over on Frank's Beach. Angie, you can let me know if that's true. Uh, but good morning regardless. Yes, good morning. Okay, we are. So good morning to you guys. And good morning to our friends over on Locals. And, and of course, over on Rumble. Uh, there's Benjamin. He's in the house. Tell everyone on locals to stand by. <laughs> uh, yep. Let them know. Let them know over there. Lux the luck. Good morning. Good morning to you. And there's Unc, of course. And let's see who else is we have. R Star. Good morning to you. And Bulldog. Good morning. Light Beamer. It's always good to see uh, Light Beamer. Some of our um, longtime listeners. Join us in the chat room. Good morning to you, Belly Jelly. And good morning to, let me see who else is coming in here. You guys are pretty active. There's Rico. There's Rico, one of my favorite people. Long Speaking of longtime listeners, he is one of them. So just perusing the news a little bit, uh, you know, we're bringing you guys some vital information. But there's a lot going on, believe it or not. 
Um, there really is, other than Israel, you know. Um, we, I know we've been covering that a lot, but there's a, but there's a lot of other stuff coming on. The speakership is still up for grabs, um, and you know a lot of the a lot of the influencers are talking about you know how the Republicans are screwing this up, and it just all seems so weird to me, right? That they they had such momentum coming in. Sometimes I feel like they are uh, screwing all of this up on purpose. You know what I mean? <laughs> because they want to get back to the old Repub the old Republican, uh, good old boys, you know, party thing. And that's one of the big things that we always complained about is how both sides work together. You know, you've heard that term, uh, two wings of the same bird, right? And Trump kind of mixed all of that up for them. And and they really don't, he put the people in charge. He literally listened to, like when he started talking about red flag laws and people went ballistic, remember that? And he backed off on it. He goes, yeah, you're right. That's not a good idea, right? If the people don't want that, that's clear enough. He backed off on that. He backed off on a backup. Sorry. Mm -hmm. He backed off on a lot of things, and this whole uniparty thing was kind of it was just kind of blown to smithereens. And now all of those particles that were blown to smithereens are trying desperately to come back together. And now they're literally letting you know that they don't care what you think as a conservative. They don't as a Republican. They don't care what you think. Do I think that Jim Jordan is uh, the best choice? Uh, you know, maybe because there's only a year you know what, Can I tell you something? Uh, hold on one second, just one second, right? Uh, is this a fact that mm -hmm. the people, whether he is the best choice or not, mm -hmm. overwhelmingly the people want Jim yeah. Jordan? Is that's that true? What I, that's what I was getting at. Set it, I'll set aside the argument. I could pick mm -hmm. them apart, but not everybody's a wing nut like me mm -hmm. that understands his. But you know that doesn't matter to me as much. Mm -hmm. Like my opinion of Jim Jordan and my criticism of him mm -hmm. takes a backseat to the will of the people, and that's what I have a problem with. And it's overwhelming. Yeah, it really is. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it. I mean, it's overwhelming the support that he has. That people, you know that. They want somebody in there that shakes it up, right? That gives. They do not want somebody like Scalise in there, who's just another. I mean, why get rid of Kevin McCarthy if you're just going to put Scalise in there, right? At least Jim Jordan uh, would shake it up Kelly, a little bit, we... right? Bring some drama to the otherwise boring uniparty that just agrees on everything, yeah. how to spend your taxpayer dollars in Ukraine. And that's what it all comes down to. Ukraine, Kelly, Israel, endless wars, right? COVID, blah, 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 on and on and on. All the, you know, and Robert um, Kennedy Jr. wants to come in and spend your taxpayers and ta taxpayer money and give it to, give it to inner city, <laughs> you yes. know? I mean, it's just insane. It is insane what's happening. And the Republican Party is letting us know that they could care less what, what we want or what the majority of people would want. 
I would, quite honestly, I would rather have uh, some, you know, somebody like Byron Donalds in there. Yes, thank you, Lucy Gone. Thank you very much for the Rumble Callie, rant. Stop. Um, I would very much rather have somebody like Byron Donalds in there who, you Callie, know, stop. who isn't beholden. And he's not like, he's not been in D.C. long enough to be like, you know, have these alliances with, with the left. Everybody that's been there as long as even Matt Gates. I mean, I got to tell you, even Matt Gates, you you know, he's going to say, well, you know, you got to compromise. You got to do this. You got to do that. Um, I don't know. I, I just want somebody that's going to put their foot down and say, no, we will not compromise. We will not, you know, bring this mofo to a halt if that's what it takes to, to straighten you all out. Yeah. But, you know, the American people, that, that, that's me, though. But overwhelmingly, okay. like Are you, you pointed out, like you pointed out, over, overwhelmingly, the people want Jim Jordan. Yes. They do. They do. That's right. I thank you so much for uh, taking care of me. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody buckle up, okay? Settle in. Um, if you're not aware of who Trevor Loudon is, um, you're about to find out, okay? Mm-hmm. You're about to find out. I think you guys are going to love this interview. Here we go. Without further ado, Deb Jordan. Keith Santilli mm-hmm. and Trevor Loud. Boom. My towels solve the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com What are we seeing across the southern border? We have, there could be a couple of hundred thousand Chinese soldiers already on our soil. Hamas, Hezbollah, Cubans, North Koreans, Syrians, Iranians. They've been infiltrating our borders for years. Hezbollah has had cells in America since the 80s. But we know through Michael Yon and others that the military-aged Chinese nationals, suspected Chinese special forces, have been coming across the border at an alarming rate. Mm. So what are they here for? They're here to go to Vegas? You know, are they going to go to Disneyland? What are they here for? They're here for the day that they're told to do bad stuff, mm-hmm. assassinate people, blow up stadiums, poison reservoirs, attack military huh? bases, blow up bridges, whatever. The next, you know, I think Ukraine was the first 
battle in the new in third in the third world war um israel's the second will the third be north korea will the third hey, be china what did i just give will you the third be on our soil hey it could easily how many be on i give you soil because there's not much to stop it Loudon, this isn't just um, uh, giving accolades and sucking up to our guests, as they say. I mean, your body of work has certainly uh, helped me awaken. Um, you know, I was a former United States Marine. My commander in chief was Ronald Reagan, and I used to. Wow. Yeah, Ronald Reagan in the United States Marine Corps. I had tremendous respect, by the way, uh, for not just Ronald Reagan, but. For the times that we were in at a young age, I knew what communism was and why we needed to defend our country from it. And sir, now we've become it. And I know what it is because of what I had in my soul. I'm almost genetically predisposed. But what's upon us right now in the United States of America is a communist revolution, is it not? Yeah, look, look 100%. We're about... I think about 75% through a communist revolution mm. and one or two more, but one pretty one more bad election will, will pretty much seal the deal. Unfortunately, the, the Democrats are completely infiltrated by the communist movement and we've got a lot of weak Republicans who are not willing to stand up against it or too many weak Republicans not willing to stand up against it. You know, just as we're having this conversation right now, um, as a matter of fact, I'm coming away from taking a look at a news report flabbergasted at the thought that the Republican Party, having, you know, supposedly taken majority uh, of the power in Congress, great opportunity uh, to affect change and, and reverse course. What do they say? It's difficult to turn the battleship around inside the bathtub, yeah, yeah. you know, but but. Uh, they're literally having conversations about a bipartisan effort to share power. Um, who do they think they are taking the power we've given to them, um, you know, by our consent through elections and then handing it to the Marxists, the other side of the political spectrum is Marxists. Yeah, look, any any poli any Republican who talks about bipartisanship is, is a traitor, effectively. You know, we are, we are living in a time where the Democrats are completely controlled by Marxists, and the only thing stopping a complete takeover is the Republican Party and its power of the purse, which they are not using and are quite often working with the Democrats to get their agenda through. Mitch McConnell is a classic example of this in the Senate. So it is not so much the communists that's the problem. It's the weak Republicans who betray our trust by not standing against them. We give them the mandate and they don't what? do enough with it. You know, I'm not talking about all of them, but I'm talking about a hey, uh, Angie, number of them. Is the audio okay? on uh, be left alone in their country club and they're willing to lose everything. Locals? because they think they're going to be all right. They don't care about us. So, you know, we need, you know, we need Ronald Reagan's and okay, Trump's yeah. and Maggie Thatcher's and Winston Churchill's now 
not Neville Chamberlain's. You know, this mm. is this is a time for choosing. Well, we will have a discussion uh, about the the front face of this thing. I, I think is a a, a, uh, a delusion, a, a mask. I'm over uh, so that We don't bit. find it a threat. It. They put Joe yeah, Biden out in front of them, and a little. <laughs> you would normally just let your guard down, uh, you know, because you you would, uh, you know, an adversary, an evil adversary. Even when we were up against the Soviet Union, you know, it was the it was the Russian bear, you know, but. Uh, but communism is now, uh, it comes with a, with slurred speech and very poor diplomacy in the Joe Biden administration. This is a great interview. Hey, Callie, why yeah, don't you shut right. up? The, 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 the you chicken is now inside the, the, the fox hey, is Callie. inside the hen house. Oh, Look, yeah. I, I think Callie. you would say this country is being run not by Joe Biden, oh, my but God. by Susan Rice, Valerie Jarrett, Barack Obama, and Xi Jinping. That's who I think is basically control of this country. What Biden is doing, whether you look at on any front, whether you look at Ukraine, whether you look at um, whether you look at China, whether you look at the Middle East, he is doing things to help our enemies. And this could be accident or it could be Stop. deliberate. You know, the guy has been working. He started Stop. working with the, the Russians back in, in the interests of the Russians back in the early seventies. He work, he's been working for the Iranians since the late 70s and working with the Chinese since at least 2001. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Hunter Biden that corrupt, corrupted Joe. It was Joe that corrupted Hunter. Hunter just inherited the family business. Mm. Oh, oh, yes. And uh, an almost slave to the machine that Joe built for the family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look, Hunter would be nothing without no. the, he would have no money. He would have nothing without his family connections. And he's just a, uh, mm. <laughs> he is just a bit more <coughs> crazy and out of control than mm. Joe is. So we, we see more of what's going on, but, but we need to understand, you know, we're in a situation, one more bad election and we're, we're in a point, all the next democratic administration has to do is legalize 40 30 40 million illegal immigrants and give them citizenship and voting rights and then what do you do from there you know that's their plan that that's why they they, they just keep on doing stuff because this is their backup plan oh even if we look like we're going to lose an election we'll just give them votes early we'll just let them all vote let illegals vote give every illegal immigrant in the country a, 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 a driver's license and a green card you know, this is the plan. So we we got to understand how close we are to losing this country permanently. No, we don't. Yeah, we are we are months away. Yes. And we got to work our hearts off to make sure that does not happen. Oh yeah, yes, sir. Uh, t today I was asked a question: When are they going to implement the you know the twenty fifth amendment? And uh, and I said they're not going to. They have exactly what they need right now. Why would they want to remove him? Um, Joe Biden is when they say puppet, and uh, it's not just his mental incapacity. If it is, you know, uh, you know that we're living under a geriocracy, of course, right now, I believe. But uh, and no disrespect to our age, um, but uh, <laughs> Joe Biden's geriocracy he has going on. But why would they want to remove him? He was seated, of course, I believe. 
through a fraudulent election, but he was the guy because they had so much leverage and collateral over him. And that's how the entire system is built, is by having that that blackmail opportunity um, uh, up the chain of command to get what they uh, what they need to have done done right. Well, that's right. You know, the, you know, Bernie Sanders was going to win the Democrat nomination. You know, he was heading for a victory, and they had South Carolina coming up, and the only person at that point, because you know who you're talking about, Buttigieg, you're talking all these other Marxists, and the only person at that time that could have stopped. Um, Biden, it could have stopped uh, Bernie Sanders was Biden because he had a big black following. The, the, the Clyburn and others rallied the black following in South Carolina to make him win that primary. And that stopped Bernie's momentum. See, Bernie is a Marxist. He's a communist. But he's not part of the establishment. You know, he's not part of the control system. They didn't want Bernie, even though they agree with virtually everything Bernie stands for. They didn't want hey. him because he was not uh, he was not part of the scene. So Did they I do Alex Biden. Newman? They didn't want Biden. Who? But Biden was controllable. Huh? Biden was the Hello? only one at the time who could have stopped Bernie. I can't hear so you. They put Biden in. <laughs> Open and mic. They put their original oh, preferred I know. Nobody can hear. It was Kamala Harris who flamed saying out they the primary. Rumble. They got huh? her in. You're saying they can the on Rumble. But that's proven a disaster for them because she, she's even worse than Biden. She doesn't have the excuse of age. But Kamala Harris was put in by the same group of pro-Chinese communists that gave us Barack Obama, gave us Stacey Abrams in Georgia, gave us crybaby Cory Booker, uh, Cory, uh, uh, what's his, yeah. Yeah, Cory Booker? Yeah. Cory Booker in New Jersey, the senator. Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris was their choice, but she flamed out. So they had to stop Bernie. So they put Biden in, and Biden is basically a puppet who will do what he's told for four years. He's been getting a little obstreperous, thinking that he can run again, and I'm sure he won't. Well, maybe he even will, but I'm sure he'll be removed if he wins the next election shortly afterwards. But he's serving a purpose because he looks a sort of harmless sort of individual. And while, while basically Xi Jinping is dictating um, what happens to the United States right now through Barack Obama and through Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, etc. Is, is um, the CCP and China, Xi Jinping, um, the Belt and Road Initiative has been um, uh, in motion for how many years now? Uh, we're talking yeah, about greater than, years. What, excuse yeah. me? 15 or 20 years. Is it 15 or 20? I think it's even, it, was it longer than that? But you know, I, uh, I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to speak to that, by the way, because I consider myself, you know, in, in, in my awakening since uh, learning, discovering the truth about 9-11, a lot of truth about 9-11. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a dot connector, uh, but I, I always find myself to be, the best way to describe me is a general, generalist. But when I land on your work or your books or hear your, your teachings, you're very specific. So I'm going to ask you a question here. You've been able to, through your, your research, I've been able to nail, like Yuri Bezmenov, for instance. You remember he spoke of yeah, ideological. Officer, yes, yeah. yeah, KGB officer. Uh, he, he referred to something called ideological uh, subversion. 
And the yeah. long march through those institutions, they're very, very patient. China's very patient. Here in the United States, I believe that the line of demarcation, per se, the birth of this thing here in the United States of America, um, was in the living room of Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn with the uprising of the weather underground, because out of that came Barack Obama, came Hillary, you know, Hillary Clinton, just that, that entire generation of, of Marxists that finalized someone's plan. Was it their plan? Was it an external foreign plan uh, developed by the CCP, or is the CCP a cog in this wheel? Look, this was with the Bill Ayers um, thing. That, that was the Soviet Union, the CCP, Vietnam, China, all of it. You know, Bill Ayers was part of the Maoist movement of the 70s. And that was all the anti-war protests was all mainly Maoists. Mm -hmm. The SDS, the Weather Underground, League of Revolutionary Struggle, all these people came out of the Maoist tradition. They loved Mao, they loved Ho Chi Minh, they loved Fidel Castro, they loved the Sandinistas. Soviet Union, not so much. All that is a bit old-fashioned. But but the Soviet Union was in there. And so, so you know, Bill Ayers was Barack, basically put Barack Obama in the White House. It was revealed in the book, um, the, the biography of Bill Ayers, uh, of Barack Obama, uh, Rising Star, um, you know, a thousand pages. Bill Ayers didn't just have him in his living room. Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle, were having dinner with the Ayers family, Bernadine Dawn and Ayers, virtually five or six nights a week for six years. When Barack and uh, Michelle were on the verge of breaking up, it was Bill Ayers that kept them together because he didn't want a divorcee as a candidate. He wanted the family unit to make Barack the perfect candidate. Mm -hmm. So Bill Ayers, who was um, attached to the Cubans, attached to, you know, the Weather Underground was had very, very deep ties to the Cuban embassy, for instance, in Montreal. Managed Barack Obama for years, but but originally, Barack Obama's family came out of the pro-Soviet communist movement. You know, his natural-born father was a was a Kenyan socialist. His a his uh, adopted father, so to speak, or mentor um, Frank Marshall Davis was a very pro-Soviet communist. When Barack went to Occidental College, he mixed uh, with pro-Soviet communists there. Then he went to Cooper Union, uh, the Socialist Scholars Conference. He was started to mix with some of the Democratic Socialists of America people. But when he came to Chicago, the, the background was prepared for him. You know, he walked straight into that Communist Party network. You know, Frank Marshall Davis, the Hawaiian communist who mentored him, had been in Chicago. And when he was in Chicago, he worked very closely with the father-in-law of Valerie Jarrett, for instance. Mm. They were in the same Communist Party group together. So Valerie Jarrett becomes Obama's campaign manager, introduces him to Michelle. David Axelrod, um, who, was, who got Obama elected twice, was a protege of a man called David Cantor, um, who was another Communist Party member whose father also worked with with uh, Frank Marshall Davis. So Obama, his whole life has been pro-Soviet communism, um, 
Democratic Socialists of America and the Maoist groups in Chicago. His whole life has been communist. It still is. He did a documentary recently on a, 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 the Chinese takeover factory in Hawaii, uh, in, in Ohio, and the woman who did the documentary for him, of all the filmmakers in America, he chose a hardcore Marxist, the Maoist Democratic Socialist of America member, to make it for him. So, yeah, look, look, but Bill Ayers was, was the man who minded Obama in those years got his life together probably got him off of bad drugs you know stopped him going to the bathhouses too much and made sure his marriage stayed together to prepare him for for the crowning glory of the communism to get their man elected to u.s president if um because this is a multi-front war in the following regard as far as their march through the institutions um, using uh, religion, um, uh, politics, um, uh, cultural Marxism, uh, taking over the media. But if you were to um, if you were to identify those that are standing over the war map and and influencing each one of those fronts, who do you think that is? Is it a state actor, a group of state actors because uh this is an ideology that uh uh is is it's it's a globalist thing and it may be dressed up as a you know a soviet militant or you know or a chai um please excuse the expression that's the way i, the way I see them who are these people that are driving this thing over well, decades it, it depends which level you go to if you're looking if you're not going to get too esoteric, the main drivers where most of these things come back to is the CCP. But the CCP still works very covertly with the Russians, it works with the Cubans, it works with obviously major international organizations. Like a lot of people think the CCP is a front for the World Economic Forum, for instance. I think it's the other way around. I think the World Economic Forum is a front for the CCP. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think if the CCP collapsed tomorrow, that the World Economic Forum would fade away. The World Economic Forum collapsed tomorrow, the CCP would just build another one. But if you look at the border situation, if you look at woke sport, if you look at the transgender movement, if you look at the COVID panic, the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates and, the, and what's coming in the future, if you look at the, the woke Hollywood all of that, and you look at the the sellout of the country by 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 Biden and Co. The stealing of our technology, the buying of our farmlands, all of these things, all of it you can trace back to the CCP. All of it, every single bit of it. And yeah. Black Lives Matter was a CCP operation. Mm -hmm. The COVID came from the CCP. Then they used their unions and their subservient politicians to manage the response all the states that had the worst lockdowns for instance you know hawaii washington oregon massachusetts new york illinois they're all the states with the most ccp control mm. where the ccp had the most control that's where you had the worst lockdowns because that's where they want they could do the most damage to our economy uh the most psychological damage to the country etc so it's all the CCP is definitely the enforcement arm of this. 
maybe people beyond the CCP, but the CCP is the most obvious and looming threat in front of us right now. What's well, another thing that's remarkable that uh, people can't overlook because uh, uh, this thing that's happening in in Israel and the the World War stupid forces that exist include religion. The church has been subverted and is very influential uh, and not necessarily, and I say that the, the church, the religions of the world have been um, infiltrated and compromised from, you know, the Pope to the 12th Imam of, of Iran. Yeah. You've got these perfect communists in each of these entities that have tremendous influence over the people, right? Yeah, look, you've got this Marxist Pope, you've got the Imam, Imams who are basically, uh, we did a documentary a while back called Soviet Islam, looking at the communist influence in the Islamic radical movement. It's the, the communists made the Islamic radical movement. They made Hamas, they made the PLO, they mm -hmm. made, helped with uh, Al-Qaeda. But we also did a movie, Enemies Within the Church, which looked at the American church. The very first communist front in America was the Methodist Federation for Social Action, Methodist. Mm. This was this was back in the 90, early 1900s. There's been a massive move to infiltrate American churches through communism for a hundred years now. And we looked in the movie, basically in the last 15 or 20 years, they've gone into the purest form of American Christianity, the Baptists, the evangelicals who weren't communists, who tended to be conservative, and through what they call the woke movement, just a euphemism for Marxism, now the evangelicals and the Southern Baptists are full of critical race theory and white privilege and global warming and welcoming refugees, all these Marxist talking points. The woke church is the Marxist church. And we profiled all of this in our movie, Enemies Within the Church. And I hope people go to my website, trevorloudon.com and order that. Because if you're going to church and you're not hearing much about hell or repentance or sin or anything from the Old Testament, but you are hearing about your white privilege and refugee resettlements and open borders and worrying about global warming, you're going to a Marxist church and you need to know that because it ain't going to get you to where you want to go. That's for sure. Certainly not. Um, it, it reared its ugly head through uh, through COVID. The church was part of the draconian, unconstitutional uh, lockdowns, and they did not, very few churches stood up uh, for the First Amendment. Handful. See, this, this is this is the thing people need to understand here. What we saw in the, see, the Chinese Communist Party, Maoism, has a concept. It's called mass line. And what that means is the Communist Party comes up with an idea, everybody must conform. And if you don't conform, you will be punished. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, in the Cultural Revolution for a time, every Chinese had to go out and kill 10 flies every day. There were too many darn flies. So everybody, and if you only got nine or eight, you're in trouble. Well, what we saw in COVID was Chinese mass line enforced on America through the churches, through the unions, through the media, through the World Health Organization, which is completely controlled by China, we were told there was only one way to deal with COVID. 
There was not going to be ivermectin. There was not going to be hydrochloroquine or vitamin D therapy or herd immunity. There was a mass line. It mm. was going to be masks, lockdowns and vaccinations. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And what happened to you if you disobeyed those instructions? If you're a doctor who wanted to prescribe ivermectin, you're a health professional who said, this is not right. This is crazy stuff. What yeah. we saw was two and a half years of Chinese communism enforced on our society. Yeah. We saw mass Maoist, mass line politics, and the churches by and large betrayed their constituencies, betrayed their people, and sold out to the CCP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was one, early on. I had a doctor. Her name was Doctor Yvette Lozano, um, and she was one of the first ones. She's actually a friend uh, of uh, Doctor Peter McCullough. Um, yes, yes. And yes. came into contact with her. She had treated 365 patients with hydroxychloroquine. She came on my YouTube channel to talk about that, and everybody was scared of that. It was very early on, and yep. boom, I had. I mean, we were earning in small increments, you know, super chats and and uh, uh, and, and and things like that. Our, our supporters, ten thousand dollars a month, and you know, yeah. in independent media, that's a lot of money in my neighborhood, as they say. In independent media, uh, it bankrupted us. But I saw it was a behavior modification attack immediately. You fall in line, and and I I, I haven't looked back since. What it is, it's, it was Chinese mass line. Mm. Now, here's a little thing. The, Chi the World Health Organization, which basically dictated the terms, is run by uh, Mr. Tedros from Ethiopia. He's not even a doctor. Yes. He was chosen by the CCP to run that organization because he was a former leader of Ethiopia's pro-Chinese Communist Party. But the World Health Organization also has what they call a behavioral modification unit. And who was the last one that ran that? Uh, it was behavioral modification unit. The, the, at, uh, the, the, at the WHO? Yeah, Cass, that was originally run by Cass Sunstein. Oh, you know, right. Mm -hmm. man, the nudget man. Well, now it's run by Susan Mickey, who is a member of the British Communist Party. She was so extreme in the Communist Party, they called her Stalin's nanny. She ran the wow. response. Uh, she ran uh, Boris Johnson's response to COVID in Britain, and they called her the mask Nazi. She was the woman who said, we might have to wear masks for the rest of our lives. She has worked for many years with the CCP. She admires their policy. She says that the only response to COVID is mass lockdowns, vaccinations, and masks. Now she runs the behavioral modification unit of the World Health Organization, which is the unit that gets us to comply mm -hmm. by stoking our fears. Now most countries in the world have signed up to a protocol saying that the World Health Organization will run any future pandemic response. Not local countries, not Canada, not United States, not Britain, if we have another pandemic, which we all know we're going to have, or a health emergency, and a health emergency can be guns or transphobia, if we have, they declare a health emergency, the three mo two most, three most powerful people in the world will be Susan Mickey, 
Tedros of the World Health Organization, Xi Jinping of China. That's wow. what's coming if we don't stop Biden signing this country up to that protocol. And, and, and they make all of their, uh, their policies and enforcement policies. They tried a couple of things out of, uh, out of New York. I just recently spoke with, um, uh, with the attorneys that fought uh, New York State's efforts to try to unilaterally just take policy, medical policy, and if they deem you to be a public health concern, uh, they can put you in a, uh, in a, in a corn camp. And yeah. you do have due process, they said, but the policy was that you speak to the attorney after they release you. Yeah, yeah, well, that's great. What, what is that? It's like, like being executed and, and posthumously rehabilitated. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. It's, it's, the, this is it, you know. The, the health emergencies, just like the climate emergencies, are being used to strip away all our constitutionally protected rights, our God-given constitutionally protected rights. So that's why I say we're in 70, 75% through yeah. a communist revolution. Yeah. And that's coming through health policy. It's coming through environmental policy, border policy. Look, uh, if the Biden administration was here working for China to destroy the middle class, destroy America, weaken our military, and prepare us for takeover, mm. what would he be doing differently than he is today? Mm. Anything? Nothing. If it was no, all no. just stupidity, if it was all just stupidity, the Republicans, oh, look at the stupidity of the Biden administration. If it was just stupidity, wouldn't they make a mistake in our favor once in the blue moon? Sir, please uh, educate me or set me straight. I see that part of the strategy is, you know, they say controlled opposition. Let me uh, refer back to the Uniparty. I see that the ineptness of the Republican side of the aisle, part of the strategy. Their do-nothing-ism allows the, the incremental nudging. And here's my interjection here. You said 75% of the way. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, incrementalism, a very you know, slow march through the institutions. They've gotten themselves into place. Um, the technocracy has helped them uh, be able to manage this thing, I do believe. It's like a supercomputer gets them to, I bet you they used AI to say, okay, this is how we're, here's the feedback we're getting from the internet. Here's how we push information back out to change behavior. Uh, but this incrementalism got us to the 75% mark. I think that now they're going to shift gears into accelerationism to finish the deed. It seems like they yeah. can easily go from 75 to 99% very well, look, quickly. That's 100% right. You know, our military is very compromised. Our law enforcement is extremely compromised. Uh, the Republican Party is compromised through people like Mitch McConnell, etc. You know, and there's a lot of still so many good Republicans in there, but but by and large, especially in the Senate, the leadership is either weak or compromised. So we're we're in trouble. So look, what are we seeing in Israel? You know, Israel was peaceful one day and turmoil the next. What are we seeing across the southern border? We have there could be a couple of hundred thousand Chinese soldiers already on our soil. Hamas, Hezbollah, Cubans, North Koreans, Syrians, Iranians. They've been infiltrating our borders for years. 
Hezbollah has had cells in America since the 80s. But we know through Michael Yon and others that the military-aged Chinese nationals, suspected Chinese special forces, have been coming across the border at an alarming rate. Mm. So what are they here for? They're here to go to Vegas? You know, are they they're going to go to Disneyland? What are they here for? They're here for the day that they're told to do bad stuff, mm-hmm. assassinate people, blow up stadiums, poison reservoirs, attack military bases, blow up bridges, whatever. The next, you know, I think Ukraine was the first battle in the new and third in the third world war. Um, Israel's the second. Will the third be North Korea? Will the third be China? Or will the third be on our soil? It could easily be on our soil. There's not much to stop it right now. 2014, I was out in the field. I was, um, uh, it was Western lands issues. I was visiting ranchers, talking to, uh, to sheriffs because that same, you know, CCP approach to seizing land, uh, they were practicing that through eminent domain out yeah, in China. Bureau, and they start land management, all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you know my background with that. Um, I know uh, some of it, yeah. I, I was um, um, just a bombastic, you know, field reporter. It was my first field visit at Bundy Ranch, and I discovered this powerful bureaucratic branch of government, the, the Department of Interior was involved in, in doing these, these land grab seizures because there's $167 trillion in natural resources wealth. And they want to have control over that. So yep. there I was dealing with those issues, and I heard about a, Bre- a Bre- Breitbart article that Mexicans were pouring over the border. I said, what? 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 They were pouring over the border illegal? What's going on? Is that a drug thing? And I went down to the border, and I spoke to Guatemalans that had proceeded up, you know, on the beast. They were raped multiple times. That was back then. Now they have a very, very well-oiled machine and infrastructure. They're hopscotching with camps that have signs with the UN and the United States humanitarian yeah. effort. And, uh, yeah, they're funding all this. And, and they've spent since 2014 to now, uh, and here's my biggest concern, um, and, and Michael Yan has expressed this, the way they have people coming up and then trafficking them and distributing them strategically into battleground states and so on and so forth. They can control yeah. the vote uh, and yeah. they have active operational control for all of their terror cells that they could activate at any given moment. They're giving them phones. That, that's right. All, the, all these young, unemployed young men coming across the border who have no love for America other than just wanting to exploit what's here. They could be drawn into all sorts of terrorist activities. Oh, yeah. But you, but, but you mentioned the Department of Interior, and this is a scary thing. The current Secretary of the Interior is a woman called Deb Harland. Communist. She's a Marxist yes. from Mexico. Mm-hmm. She was put in... Look, the first thing Biden did when he took office was to cancel the Keystone Pipeline, right? Now, that was because Native Americans were protesting on... on uh, you know, uh, 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 it was going through their tribal land, so they said. Well, a woman organizing those protests was Judith LeBlanc of the Communist Party USA, which is loyal to China and to a degree still to Russia. She was then allowed to nominate her very close friend, Deb Haaland, 
as Secretary of the Interior. They mounted a political campaign. Deb for Interior, they had buses, they had badges, they had celebrity endorsements, Mark Raffalo, Alyssa Milano, Sarah Silverman, Hanoi Jane Fonda, Cher, Gloria Steinem. Biden nominated her and she was she was confirmed with four Republican Senate votes, Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins. She's now Secretary of the Interior. She has control of 20% of America and she's shutting down every single energy lease she possibly can. Mm. Every single one. She's banned uranium mining in northern Colorado. She's shutting down everything. Biden has sold off 50% of America's strategic oil reserve. That's the reserve we have for fighting a war. He sold part of it to China. So now we need this energy. While energy prices are sky high and it's hurting our economy, we have a communist agent in the Department of Interior mm -hmm. shutting down every bit of energy extraction she possibly can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the kind of penetration. Oh, have. my goodness, uh, Trevor, I can speak to this and you'll, I think um, it's not to impress you. I'm going to tell you through uh, what I went through up against the Department of Interior, exposing back then it was Agenda 21, you know, and the land grab. And we're talking yeah. about constitutional, you know, rights of, of the rancher. Clive and Bundy was the last one. But here's my long story short. What I discovered uh, when this very powerful Department of Interior had come after a small group of belligerents that wanted the sheriff to intervene uh, at Bundy Ranch, um, I discovered through my legal cases, and by the way, uh, I, the worst thing they did was to put an investigative journalist uh, behind bars as a political prisoner with all the discovery. We won two federal trials. And all of the indictments now are in the works being reversed. Why? Because of their operation. And this is what they did. And believe it or not, RFK Jr. was very, very well. He was instrumental in developing what they call the Sue and sent, Settle. They weaponized the federal judiciary. They used the environmental groups. They come up with these, um, uh, you know, projected endangered species to run yeah. people land. And the environmentalists, the government, they craft these agreements that the judges rubber stamp. And yep. it just gives them uh, the opportunity. They, they weaponize the environmentalists. Uh, yep. It gives them the legal authority to do what they're doing, to shut down these well, leases. Well, that's exactly right. FK worked for the Natural Resources Defense Council, yes, which has offices in Beijing and has been funded with people connected to Russia as well. Mm. He is not a friend of freedom. That no, guy. no. So what they do, the environmental groups sue the federal government and the federal government says, oh, to make you go away, we'll give you $15 million. Here it is. That's how they're funded. Mm -hmm. Sue and settle. Yes, sir. They sue them on bogus charges and in the, in the, in the federal government under instructions from the White House probably says, Let's just give you a hundred million dollars and go away. Okay? Yes, yes. That's how the destruction of our property rights right throughout the West is being funded by the U.S. taxpayer. Mm -hmm. That's how it's done. And these groups are basically working for China and other enemies of, of this country. Now, RFK Jr., uh, there's group. nothing, nobody, uh, as a matter of fact, I, did I impress you by even knowing about yes, that mechanism? Yes, uh, because not a lot of people know. 
not many people understand. My wife has, has extensively studied this. Another great player is the Centre for for Biological Diversity, which works oh. with the... Works oh with it. Well, that was set up by former Earth First terrorists. These are the people who used to drive spikes into trees. Oh, yeah. So that loggers, when they turned their chainsaws on, it would blow up in their face. And these are the people who set up... These are the people running these anti-farmer, anti-mining operations yes. funded by the U.S. taxpayer to the benefit of our foreign enemies. The Center for Biodiversity, Kieran wow. Suckling, at the Kieran highest Suckling, level. Yeah. Kieran Suckling showed up because I had millions of people on my streams, millions. And he showed up with his gang of Center for Biodiversity people. They look like these, you know, harmless little, they're all attorneys. You know what they were, Trevor? They were informants for the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They were informants. Yeah. They were provoking. They were actually doing the oh, same thing as the January 6th operation, yeah. right? Entrapping yeah. people. Um, yeah, oh, look, 100%, 100%. You know, yes. we, we know about the feds entrapping people, don't we? Yes, we and do. The Center for Biological Diversity and, and Bureau of Management have made this a, an art. They trap they entrap their enemies yes. and they sue the government, help environmental groups and sue the government to get massive payouts to fund their communist activism yes. to the detriment of this country. They've been doing it for years now. Please allow me to bring this in full circle here because uh, that that is a little known entity that's very powerful, a lot of money, very, very influential. RFK Jr. was involved in it, and nobody speaks of it. it. He is a, I say a dangerous man. Here's here's the techniques that they use. Um, it's communitarianism. They always phrase and get uh, public consensus by uh, asking a question you would never say no to. You want to say the spotted owl, don't you? I mean, who would say no to that, right? Well, what what is the hidden agenda? They get everybody parroting. Uh, consensus to go away because you would never say no to uh, you know to you want to protect the environment don't you yes we do we want to say the trade-off is always a nudging and an advancement towards their totalitarian control period yeah 100% yeah RFK okay. Jr. was one of the legal forces behind that aligned with all these environmental groups Look, look, that that totally lines up with what I know about him and his work for the Natural Resources Defense Council. There was another another incident a friend of mine, Jimmy from Brooklyn, recounts. He was at a communist meeting in New York, and at that time, the communists were organizing a campaign against the Vieques military base in Puerto Rico. That's where the army practiced land land assaults, uh, naval naval land assaults, etc. And the communists were trying to get this shut down. And JFK played a major role in that. Well, my friend was at a meeting and uh, they were talking about how they're going to get the Vehicus base shut down. And somebody said, oh, the military have been complaining that if we shut down this base, they'll have nowhere to practice uh, landings and that'll really hamper their war effort. And the chairman of the meeting said, that's the point. That's oh. why we're doing this. And RFK was part of that operation, a Communist Party operation to shut down that base. And he was assisting that cause. Mm. He is not a friend of liberty. He might have done great work on vaccines and, 
and things like that. But on most of his record, it's appalling. The operational, um, oppositional research that is required going into, you know, this general election thing. Uh, do we have people that are smart enough to know what he was involved in? It has to be exposed because he was instrumental in helping uh, the communists. And, you know, whether it be for profit or not, I mean, you can't be hanging out with all these environmentalists because ideologically you either agree with them or you don't. And it seemed like he made a, an entire career of not ag not only agreeing with them, but setting up the legal framework. Uh, actively to, abetting them. Actively. actively. The enemies of this country. Right. And and, and, it, and it can't be hidden. It, it is right out in the open. Open source research. Do you think we have uh, a political opposition that is capable of understanding that and, and exposing yeah, it? I, I, I do. And I think we're still in the honeymoon period right now. And, you know, people like RFK because he's a rebel and he's different and he stood for against the vaccine mandates. Because somebody agrees you with on one cause doesn't mean they're going to agree with you on everything else. You know, we, so, um, yeah, I think he's his, and he says this publicly, he says this publicly. A lot of people think he's going independent now. He's going to soak up all these Democrat votes and that's really going to help Trump or the Republicans. He says himself publicly, no, I'm going to get a lot more Trump voters. Mm -hmm. I am going to draw votes away from Trump. Mm -hmm. This is his plan. Right. And I think Tulsi Gabbard will be right in there with him. I think so, too. Uh, very, this is going to be very interesting indeed. Sir, your body of work here, um, the books that you've written, and with specificity, uh, also I watched a documentary. We actually played the whole thing on our show. Coincidentally, um, about a week ago, General Flynn said, we need to get back to this. Everyone needs to understand how the halls of Congress have been in, infiltrated by these communists and intel services as well. But you, with specificity, broke down all of these communist organizations that these political influencers who are communists outright, you know, right, Benny Johnson. I mean, you can go down the whole list. Our Congress has been infiltrated by the communist movement, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Look, I say in my books, we got about 100 Congress members and about 40 US senators who couldn't pass a background check to drive a school bus. They're working for Cuba, they're working for North Korea, they're working for Iran, they're working for China, they're working for the WEF, they're working for the local communist movements. I've written two main, two main series. The first is Security Risk Senators Parts 1 and 2. And I profile 30 currently year serving US senators who are working with all sorts of enemies of America. Each book is 400 pages long, 50 pages of documentation in each one, lots of photographs, and a new series, House Un-Americans, that's going to be six books exposing 100 currently serving Congress members for working for the communist movement including like Benny Thompson, who was the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee, Adam Schiff, who was the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, you know, people like this. So, yeah, people can get that, you know, but White House, White House Reds is another book, which will give you the communist background of Biden and Pete Buttigieg, etc. And um, 
you know, my, my movie, Enemies Within, which you've seen, and Enemies Within the Church, which people have got to see if they, aren't, if they want to understand what the woke church movement is all about. They've been operating right out in the open. You can do open source research to establish exactly who these yeah. people are. If you know where to look, you look, any journalist could get the stuff I get. Mm. You know, I've done a lot of archival research. I've done a lot of personal interviews with former KGB officers, former intelligence officers, former communists who tell you all sorts of amazing things about how they used to work with the Democrats. But you can get a lot of it from open source. Mm -hmm. You know, these Marxists are hiding in plain view. You know, Bernie Sanders is a communist. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hardcore communist. Ocasio Cortez, Corey Bush are hardcore communists. But so is Adam Schiff. So was Diane Feinstein. And so is so Joe Biden. So is Joe Biden. Joe and Jill 100%. Biden went on a on a what a two week secret mission um, uh, in I think it was uh, was it was it Hungary? I mean a, um, uh, a, a communist enclave. They uh, his background. He was brought up by communist Joe Biden was wasn't he? Well, he he was he was a con he was very far to the left in the thirties. He was. He was picked up and put into the Senate by a, a group called the Council for a Livable World, which is set up by a known Soviet agent to elect Congress members who would vote to gut the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. And I've elected 200 senators now and over 300 Congress members are still going. 40 current U.S. senators were elected by this group, set up by Leo Szilard, the communist, um, the, the communist operative, um, a Soviet agent, and also um, also with the help of a man called Al Gore Sr., <laughs> who also was part of this. The, the, the father of the man who invented the internet and global warming. Well, Al Gore Sr. was uh, a protege of Armand Hammer, the, the leading Soviet agent of the early 20th century in this country. Yes, sir. Wow. Trevor Loudon. I, uh, if you think that I've done a, a good job so far, as, as far as an introductory session between you and I, I, I think we need to continue. I'd like to invite you to yeah, come I back we, on. I think we can. I think we can do some great work. And the work that we're to do uh, is because effectively we're looking for regime change. This new communist regime, it's got its roots. They're deeply rooted. And the only way to uproot them uh, is to provide the populace with the information they need to know yeah, what it is, correct? We, we look only truth can save us now. Yes, sir. Truth takes courage. Courage is proof of faith. Faith pleases God. That's what we got to be doing right now. We got to be standing up bold as lions. It's the only way we're going to get out of this mess. Yeah, and bringing you on, and then of course sharing your work and your information to awaken the masses. We have to do it bucket bucket brigade style. Because the mainstream yeah, yeah. media, they've got controls yeah. over, right? And we have to pass yeah. this information um, uh, manually, don't we? Yeah. Well, that's why I write hard copy books, because anything on the internet can be taken down. But I've got thousands of my books out there in yes, people's sir. hands, exposing currently serving senators, currently serving congressmen, mm -hmm. presidential candidates, um, whatever. Look. Look, if people want proof, just go to trevorloudon.com. Yes, my name, L-O-U-D-O-N, trevorloudon.com. You can order my books for Christmas for yourself. You can get signed copies. 
but there's information there that you'll never find anywhere else. I promise you that. Oh, yes. We'll provide all of the links here. I thank you for your time. I'm going to say in this first visit because there are so, so many subtopics you can spend an entire segment on. Um, I'm going to mention in the, the final remarks here because I believe that what, this, what the FBI in my generation early on, that premier law enforcement agency uh, that was supposed to be uh, finding these communists that were trying to subvert us, um, that, that what we thought that they were in their value in sniffing out these communists, they've actually become. The Central Intelligence Agency uh, has practiced overthrow of communist dictatorships. Um, are you familiar with the name Gene Sharp? Uh, I know the name. Just have to remind, give me some context. Gene Sharp essentially wrote the book. Back in the day, there was no internet um, to help the Central Intelligence Agency adopted his his peaceful, yes. nonviolent. Uh, orange color revolution. Right. The dictatorships have the guns. How do you do it through the chaos that they bring to the streets? Now, they practiced this, and their last stop was January 6th here in the United yeah. States of America. Yeah, the provocations. The, the Don't you agree? FBI, like 100%. Yeah. But we saw this in New Zealand. We had a, a big march on, on Parliament by anti-vax protesters, freedom protesters. They had a peaceful encampment in Parliament. Everything was peaceful. And then a bunch of thugs came in and started throwing stuff around and throwing bricks at the cops. So the cops came in and arrested everybody and closed it all down. Nobody had ever seen these people before. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew who they were. They were just provocateurs. That's right. So this is how this kind of thing is done. That's right. And that's why it's very unwise to gather in large numbers right now because, you know, in, in, in rallies or marches because you never know what they're going to do to blame, you know, and to, to spread the blame around. Final remark here, and we see it happening right now. Just yesterday, within a matter of hours, they took a false flag story and they were able to mobilize, and it's textbook Saul Alinsky. How do you keep your people energized? They've got their community organizers, they know how to get the message out, and you have to give them a cause. It was a fake cause. Rashida Tlaib was out, you know, they, they stormed the Capitol, they were allowed to, to go in, but they were activated on that one story, which was false, and everybody was operating in unison around the world within hours on a fake story. You see them implementing these techniques. Saul Alinsky's uh, uh, textbook uh, methodology. Norm Eisen and Gene Sharp, the color revolutionary tactics that they use. And here's my final comment. I'm sorry to say it, I I'm saying this now, we will not be able to utilize the Second Amendment and shoot our way out of this because you, you can't shoot what is upon us. They have marched through and taken hold of these institutions. We need to yeah. know what they've done to us in order to reverse the course. Yeah, yes? there, there is no violent way out of this. This no. has got to be, we're going to need some divine help here. Yes. And we're going to need brave people to stand up and take what's left of our republic and restore it. Yes. There is no shooting a way out of this. No. This has got to be disciplined, focused, brave, courageous people. Yes. Because as I said before, you know, courage is proof of faith and faith is proof of love.
Amen. You are an example of that courage. I thank you. You inspire me. We're uh, going to get back together again. And I know you're off to another interview. I thank you, and I'm honored uh, that you would be with me. Thank you, Trevor. Well, my pleasure, Pete. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. This is Austin Steinbar, and you are tuned in to The Pete Santilli Show. Introducing the Portal Universe only on UX. This is America's first super app. Easily build your portal, share and monetize video content, live stream, products, music apps, and more. Engage in live chats and private video messaging. This isn't just a TV box or streaming device. This is your social television console. Become a merchant without any setup or monthly fees. Buy and sell using QDUX tokens for private and secure encrypted transactions. You control the ads you watch. You control the content you see. You have easy access to products and services you want, all at the press of a button. QUX brings people together, enhances fellowship, community, and networking capabilities, while protecting privacy like never before. Don't wait. Go to QUX.TV right now and order your QUX TV box today using code PETE. Be part of a new digital frontier. The world is about to shift. Banks going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or a situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious, and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 
25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart today. Visit PetePrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food, it's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. Our American heroes love getting down and dirty, fighting for our freedoms and safety. My fellow Americans, the Hero Soap Company is a veteran-owned business. Quality soaps and scrubs made in America for the benefit of our American heroes. Each bar of handmade soap is blended with a mix of essential oils, real goat's milk, saponified oils of safflower, palm and coconut, and all natural colorants. Place your order today by visiting MyHeroSoap.com for a 20% discount. For every purchase, a portion of sales is donated to charities focused on helping veterans and first responders. Visit MyHeroSoap.com and subscribe for 20% off with promo code Pete. Every soap purchased is matched one-to-one -one sent overseas to our troops. Go to MyHeroSoap.com and order your soaps, scrubs, and even cool Patriot gear. Support our troops. Support our first responders. Support our heroes and let freedom clean by visiting MyHeroSoap.com. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well being. Get your 60 day, no risk, money back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. worse uh battling the tech technical issues or fighting they can go to either um they can go to the pizzantillyshow.com as well i just embedded a feed Technical issues happen, okay? I mean, we literally have people that, well, InfoWars is running and Pete's nuts in their food. It's on Pete. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. I'm sorry. Well, you, you can know, go. They, we have a black screen on Rumble. Let them know they can go to uh, You can locals, go to locals. Go to Frank's speech. Yep, go to Frank's speech. you can go to. That's right. PeteSantilli.com. ThePeteSantilliShow.com. I just did a, an emergency yeah. embed, okay, over there. And I will open up our locals channel here uh, while we get around. I mean, you know, hey, folks, uh, we, we get attacked from the deep state. Mm -hmm. I don't need people in our threads just, you know, beating me in the balls. <laughs> uh, come on. 
give us a break. I mean, we don't need, we get attacked by our enemies. We don't need, uh, you know, people hanging out with us to be sabotaging our efforts, okay. right? Well, we're, we're trying our darndest. Yep, they're letting them we'll know. We'll get it, we'll get it done, all right? Yep, they're letting them, them know now. Yeah. Okay, so I have to tell you. Uh-huh. That was one amazing. Huge echo. There, okay. That was one huge mm-hmm. interview. It, it was really good, Pete. Congratulations to you and Trevor both. I love the fact that you guys covered. Um, Sue and Settle. You covered Sue and Settle. And his wife has done extensive, extensive research. That is so rare. That is so rare. And I loved it. He was up on it. He knew that RFK Jr. was the one who, or one of the ones in the environmental movement who used that to run people off their land. And I, and I love the information that he had about the Center for Biodiversity and, it all, and they're all linked back to China, including RFK Jr. I love that. I'm gonna go back and listen to that interview myself uh, and pay very special attention to those parts so I can add that into my research because it is, it's not as hard now to battle the people um, the who were jumping on the RFK Jr. train in the beginning because now they're they're starting to see and understand exactly who he is and what he stands for. He's made a, he's made a bunch well, of big mistakes. Well, right? there's um, that, there's another uh, news report out now that says that RFK Jr. Uh, supports reparations yeah. for black people. Mm-hmm. You know what that's called? It's a form of reparations, right? He he has a whole he's he's introducing it as this whole new idea, you know, of you know to get to give people back their reparations. But the but the point of it is, it still comes from the same place, and that's your pocket. By the way, we have a feed right now at thepetantillyshow.com. We got a feed going. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are saying it's got to be Pete, well, look at my stream's running fine. Okay, just not making it. To rumble. So there. Neener, neener, neener. Right? Um, Angie, uh, let them know over in the in the thread over on Rumble that mm-hmm. they have to go to Frank Speech, too. You can go to Frank Speech, Locals. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Locals is really their best bet. Uh, you know, why people great are... great stream there. Yeah. yeah, there's a great stream and yeah. a chat room. We on, literally had, I don't know, <laughs> uh, almost 4,000 people. Over 4,000. When the stream on. was going. And then it went yeah. black. They yeah. left. And we said, hey, come on over to Locals, and nobody came. So, well, you know, anyways, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I so, said nobody came. Well, right. we, we've we been slack lately about letting people know if Rumble goes down, because all of these uh, platforms are working, mm. their works in progress, all of them, right? So... Um, everybody needs to know. I think we need to hammer that home a little bit harder. We used to do it and it used to work perfectly, but we have a, a bunch of new people who just don't know that mm. they have choices to go to Rumble, yes. Frank Speech. Uh, we have safety. QUX as well. Yeah. Yes. QUX, my goodness, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have safety nets for this kind of thing. We just haven't been talking about it, but let's get mm. back to talking about that interview so important 
for our listenership, right? Because a lot of people have not heard uh, Trevor Loudon extensively like that, right? Mm-mm. Hang on. Still have this terrible cough from when I was sick. Um, so it, I think you guys covered such a wide range of topics, and it was so super interesting. And you know how I can tell when you are completely and totally enthralled with a guest, you can't take your eyes off of them, you know? And he, he did a fantastic job. He really did. I, I just could not believe how knowledgeable he was about the environmental movement and the Department of the Interior. And when he said, when he said the Center for Biodiversity, my reaction was the same reaction that you had. I just went, oh my gosh. Yeah. Are we gonna are we really gonna have somebody talk about this? That's great. It, yeah. it is it has been yours and my fight. Um, almost from the very beginning, the land issues. Uh people who, who were listening to us uh who were listening to us in twenty thirteen, Pete, they came in, um from California, Oregon, all these places, and they were being raided. And even here in Ohio, their, their land was being re, um, raided by the Obama administration. And even leftists were getting it, right? Natural farmers, people who were going all natural, the Amish here in Ohio and in Pennsylvania, uh, small farmers were being run out of business even then. But it wasn't until the Bundy Ranch <clears throat> that in 2014, that oh, some uh, a farmer actually, a uh, rancher, we call them farmers here in Ohio, actually said, no, uh, you're not going to do this to me. And so then they decided that they were going to threaten him with the force, full force of the government, including a weaponized Bureau of Land Management Department of Interior. And that's what got everybody's attention. And we were putting out a lot of information in those days about stuff that we didn't even know about the Sue and Settle, because that's where it all came down to. These environmentalists. Rumbles back up. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. Um, these people were in, in the environmentalist movement. We had no idea about all of this, right? We had, we had talked about uh, Agenda 21, but we actually got to see it in action. And at the Bundy Ranch, we got to see it, and we knew a little bit about it, but my goodness, I mean, when we learned about Sue and Settle, how they were suing all the ranchers and running them off, the, they were, how the environmentalists were suing the government, the government was like, oh my gosh, we got we to gotta do something. So they came up with a harebrained idea, well, we'll just, we'll just project that the jumping mouse or the desert tortoise in the Bundy case. Mm-hmm. Um, will, you know, they're, they're going to be affected by the cattle on, uh, out there on public land. So Clive and Bundy won't be able to, you know, do his, to run his cattle there anymore. And it, and it almost caused a range war, you know, it almost did. And people almost lost their lives because they stood up to the Department of Interior. And, and I got to say, you know, it, it was just an amazing interview to, to listen to somebody who was up on this and knew that the biggest danger of RFK uh, Jr. 
is not him taking away your guns. I mean, even though that's part of it, his your guns or the COVID vaccine, any of those things. It is his environmental attitude mm-hmm. and what he's done to set up. The guy openly says he wants carbon taxes. He wants yeah. carbon taxes and nobody's paying attention. And I'm so happy that Trevor Loudon is. I should do a special segment with Trevor. Five reasons why you would never want to ever have RFK Jr. as your president. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Trevor Loudon. Yeah, All people right, listen, get really upset have, with us who've jumped on that train. They yeah. get really mad. And, you know, because they, you know, listen, you and I, you were raised in a liberal family, Pete. And when I was younger, I was very liberal. I was more liberal than conservative, but I was raised in a conservative family. Conservative. I mean, so parents and grandparents who came out of the depression who said, I was taught from the very beginning of my life, do never, do not ever, 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 ever trust the government ever. Mm -hmm. My mom, my mother had two of her siblings die of starvation during the great depression. And Mm -hmm. You know, my mother was born in the Appalachians, right? And they starved to death. They starved to death. They trusted the government. And and there was no medical. There was nothing. There was just nothing. So I was raised with that mindset, Pete, my yeah. whole life. My mother fought the government. They came in and tried to take our farm when I was a very young child. And she fought them all the way from the end of the 60s all the way into the 70s. So that they would not come in and make our farm part of a state park, mm. right? In Ohio. And she fought them and she won. And it took a long time for her to win that, but she did. And it, listen, back in the day, she, she reminds me so much of Clive and Bundy, my mother. Because here's what they, the mayor of our town and the president of the bank came out, and who my mom knew very well, and the mayor, they came out and they told my mother, they said, listen, they're, you know, got some people from the uh, Army Corps of Engineers, the government, they're going to come out and they want to survey your land um, because they think that it probably falls within the footprint of the new state park and the new lake that they're going to put in. And my mother looked at these men and she told them, that, who actually respected her, right? They, they looked, and she looked at those men, Pete, and it was the bravest thing that I've ever seen any woman do. And it's where I get a whole lot of my, you're not gonna, my, my hootspot from my mother, right? She looked at them and said, oh, okay, well, they can come out here, but if they come out here, they're going to leave here with buckshot in their ass. That's exactly what she said to them. Yeah. And they were like, now Ella. And she said, no, Mm. I'm telling you, they are not going to take my farm. And if they step one foot on on our farm, I'm going to fill them full of buckshot. And Mm. that's what she said. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And guess what? They never came out. And she fought them to keep them off of our property. Right? She did. She did. Tough little lady. I wish I had met her. Yeah. Her and Perry. I wish I knew them. Yep. They were amazing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that people say that about me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I I hope that, you know. Well, nowadays. I, I, I have I have a little monologue to do, by the way. Throw to me. 
I got a, well, I got a uh, special message nowadays, uh, to put out there to our audience anyways. Nowadays, mm. I, I revered my mother for that. I gave her, I mean, she was a superhero for that to me, right? Nowadays, <clears throat> excuse me, nowadays, if parents stand up to the government and, and say things like that, the children who are now indoctrinated and liberal, very liberal, will look at, look at their parents and say, you're crazy, you're insane, you need to be in an institution, right? Mm -hmm. Or they never speak to you again. That's what's happening with our children, but we won't go off on onto that. My kids were raised to respect their grandmother. They loved her. They loved her as much as I do. And they laugh at how, how just, I mean, she, she was stoic. I mean, very stoic. And she stood up for herself and she stood up for her rights. And it was amazing. And my children were raised to respect her as much as I did. And, and as you know, Pete, have you ever heard any of them, one of them, say one bad thing about their grandmother or their grandfather? Oh, no. Nope. Mm-mm. No. And they fought the government and they won. They, they all badmouth you quite a bit, but uh, they oh, don't they say, do I'm not. just kidding. <laughs> I'm just they kidding. do not. That's fake news. Okay. <laughs> all right, listen, I have I have a little monologue to do, uh, but but it is not, I had to think about this, I, had, uh, I actually drafted a public message typing, and I said, you know what, That that's a way, this is a waste of my time, uh, and uh, my medium is is the show, and my response. Um, I mean, the person that I was responding to, mm -hmm. uh, to do what they did didn't even deserve a response back from me, uh, because he was speaking to the internet, right, mm -hmm. and using my name at, yeah. to speak to the internet. Okay, but but I said to myself, so why am I replying back uh, in this medium? Um, I said, I'm going to reply back in the show. All right. Because first of all, uh, we've had over the years, so many people that time and time again, it's kind of, kind of like president Trump. He's let too many people into the oval office that should have been there. They were there, uh, either they intended to sabotage or, or did it just because they went crazy. Okay. And, and thought that, you know, that they knew more than what was going on at the Resolute desk. Mm. You know, they're, they're a level of arrogance. And sometimes President Trump let people in uh, that really um, shouldn't have been in there because they, you know, they're at the left side of the desk per se. Uh, where am I going here? Let me, let me tell you. Um, I'm gonna put this on the screen and I'm gonna respond publicly and I'm gonna make a definitive statement to not just this person, but anybody, anyone that listens to our show, you come near us, we are principled. We don't, as a matter of fact, one of the, one of the things that, that is, has drawn so many people to the show is because we speak our mind, we're very principled, we don't mean harm to anybody, uh, and when we make up our mind, it's not based on what some freaking mob think, you know, like, I'm not going to go along with if the whole mob says, oh, my goodness, we're going to go this way, 
You know, we believe that we should all be eating blue bananas. Okay? Blue bananas are carcinogenic. You know, you got the, I mean, I'm going to list the whole reasons why we're not going to do blue bananas. We don't care what the mob thinks. We're not going with the blue banana. And we'll speak out about it and tell you why. Uh, and we don't care what your opposition is to it. We're just expressing ourselves right out in the open. So that leaves us pretty vulnerable. Uh, that people think that, you know, well, you know, I've got inside track on this person and I've known them for a while. Like there's this industrial complex that makes, you know, Pete Santilli exposed videos. It's hilarious, right? They, they, they think that they've had, you know, inside exposure to us and they know that what we're doing is, it. and you know what they end up doing? Uh, they end up showing us exactly who they were to begin with, okay? And, and, and what I mean by this, we're going to stop speaking in coded language. And I'm going to open up before I show you this post, and I'm going to tell you right now, anybody that advocates, and I'm not talking about, listen, I believe everyone has a First Amendment right to do what you can do. Absolutely. I do. Um, you have a First Amendment right to side with Hamas. And I have a First Amendment right to say that siding with Hamas is an advocacy for the slaughter of innocent human beings. That's not war either. That's not a conflict. You can't tell me that siding with Hamas, even the people of Palestine, should be disassociating, saying, you know what? Uh, we really want you to be compassionate about our, our plight. Many of and, them do. And you need to know that we do not associate with what just <laughs> happened. That's a Hamas thing. We would never kill innocent civilians. They should be expressing their First Amendment rights that way. But to come in and do two things. Rashida Tlaib gathered together a mob. She got them emotionally charged on a lie. Okay, in an emotionally charged situation, um, you lying to them and saying, oh my God, they killed us, you know? And it was a lie. That gets dangerous. Because you take it normally The whole peaceful, hospital thing, right? The whole hospital thing, yeah. Um, that gets dangerous, okay? Uh, and somebody came out, and his name is, uh, it'll probably be the last time I speak of this person's name, because there's a good reason for it. Not because of what he did, and I'm butthurt, uh, but because we don't associate with people that align with the Palestinians who align with the slaughter of innocent human beings and then attach that to my constitution. Really? We don't let people come anywhere near us that do that. That was a terroristic event perpetrated by Hamas. There's a hidden agenda. I can only conspiracy theorize. Hamas was fueled, funded. It's, a, it's an American project. Okay. Uh, that was all by design. They slaughtered 1,700 plus innocent human beings. Uh, and I won't associate with anybody. If you say, oh, but the Palestinians are oppressed, so they should be killing 1,700 people. No, no, no. There isn't even a thousand years of oppression that can justify the slaughter of 1,700 innocent human beings. I mean, even countries can take themselves to war. They wouldn't do what Hamas did, okay? Mm -hmm. Countries go to war. There's rules of war. You don't do that. I'm a United States Marine. I would never do that. But if we had to defend ourselves, we have to survive. We've got 
you know, um, uh, munitions. You know, we've got an, an enemy that's going to want to come and kill us. Uh, we take them out. Those are military people, right? Precision munitions uh, basically eliminates the possibility or minimizes the possibility of civilian casualties. I'm all for that, right? I don't want civilian casualties if I send, um, you know, an air-to-ground missile uh, at a building to go get military leadership or government leadership this bad. Uh, if there's casual um, uh, casual casualties and collateral damage as a result of that, mm -hmm. that, 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 that is a consequence of war, unfortunately. Well, I think people are skipping over the fact, too, that there are American hostages being held right now as leverage. There, there, there are. I don't want to spin off too far on a tangent. Here it is. So the statement was put out there. Uh, and, and by the way, what's even more disgusting about this is that this was a public statement. We weren't given an opportunity to even present our side of it. Like, hey, Pete, you know, like, why are you advocating for January 6th First Amendment rights, uh, but you're not advocating for the First Amendment rights of these people? That I never discussion, said anything about their First Amendment That discussion right. never took place. But this person that we've led into our inner circle, because he's been in our inner circle for years, been a supporter, he can literally pick up the phone. He's got my cell phone number. He could have done that. And you know what he did? He opted not to do that. His brain is so freaking blown on Twitter spaces that he put his Twitter life before our friendship that's been there for, oh, 10 years. 10 years. This is how crazy people have gotten. And it's okay that he was hanging out on Jimmy Dore. We're okay with his leftist take on things. And we'll, inter we'll interact with people like that. Like if you're... You know, he didn't like my Trumpism, and we used to argue back and forth, but he never before went online and said, Pete Santilli's a blah, blah, blah. He would call me and say, Pete Santilli, what's up with your, you know, your Trump thing, right? Uh, Operation Warp Speed's stupid. We had that discussion. But no, this person decided to go and take a 10-year friendship, all right, and go out there and, and speak on my behalf with my effing name, right? With my name, with my name, without talking to me, and he went public with this bullcrap. The Pete Santilli Show and Deb Jordan have been January 6th advocates in the past, but are not supporting First Amendment assembly and redress of grievance for Rashida Tlaib. Really? You're going to put words in my freaking mouth out in the public without... Expecting that I'm going to respond to that? Check this out, all right? I never said, as a matter of fact, you have a right to burn an American flag. That's an expression, right? You can burn an American flag. You have a right to do that. The Supreme Court ruled, yes, you do. Yeah, and I also have a right to kick your ass if you do it in my face and you do it in my presence and you want to burn the flag. You know why? Because that's my First Amendment expression. On behalf of all the men and women who died, this is what I would do. On behalf of all the men and women who have died, and that's what that flag represents, that you burn, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm going to kick your freaking ass right here. And I'm going to take a chance, all right? It's probably against the law. I don't care. A lot of people have died. 
It is my right to kick your ass. You have a right to burn that flag? I have a right to kick your ass. And then the government has a right to put you in jail. And the government right? has a right to put. But have I have a right, a right to, to also. I have a right to suffer the consequences. I have a right to be civilly disobedient and get arrested. Treat me with respect, right? I have a right to do all that stuff. Rashida Tlaib does not have a right at all to take a lie and to propagate that and use that for Saul Alinsky-styled emotional, you know, whipping up into a very dangerous frenzy while advocating for a position that, that almost as if she claims the exclusive right to step up for the plight of the Palestinian, okay? And say, I stand for the, you know, the oppression against the Palestinians. I do too, except here's the difference between Rashida Tlaib and myself. I'm not pumping money covertly through Black Lives Matter and, and CARE uh, and Muslim Brotherhood uh, under the guise of, under the cloak of humanitarian assistance. Because you know what? That humanitarian assistance gives you a legal pathway to, to f send arms to all of your people that you believe to be oppressed. You do. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. It's a lie. It's a fake and a fraud. I didn't see that. And by the way, I believe that both parties, the January 6th def uh, defendants, right, and, and the protesters, and the Palestinian protesters both have a right to do what they did. They have a First Amendment protected right. But you know what this freaking dingling Jeremy doesn't say is that the people on January 6th, they didn't have their rights protected. That's the difference. Rashida Tlaib did have her rights protected. But with your white and you question the election, that's insurrection. And if you're anywhere near it, if you're one of the million people that are there, then you, they'll, they'll take their little operation, they'll smash some windows, and they'll therefore say that everyone else was there to smash windows. No, they weren't. Okay? It is wrong for me to say that every single person that was protesting on behalf of the Palestinians had any intentions of doing any harm. They believed that what they were doing was right, uh, defending, you know, the little guy per se, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to say that everybody there had a hidden agenda like Rashid Anagata Rashida, right? Because that's not true. So here's the difference between the two groups. I believe that both groups should have their First Amendment right protected, and they weren't. And they weren't. And I also have a right to criticize. If you're going to come out in the open, and start protesting, I want to debate with you. If you're going to come out and say, everybody needs to get really angry and burn the place down because they killed people at a hospital. You get people whipped up into a frenzy like that on a lie? I'm going to tell you something right now. I have a right to say that you're literally provoking violence on a lie. You should be arrested. That is not First Amendment protected. Because if you shout fire in a crowded uh, in, in a crowded theater, that's not protected First Amendment speech. Did you know that? I know that. And that's what Rashida I know that very well. 
Rashida Tlaib did the equivalent, falsely shouting fire in a crowded theater. And people almost ran out and died. And it was all a lie. There was no fire. And she did that for the purposes of getting them energized, excited, fraudulently, okay? So Jeremy, screw you. I no longer associate with terror supporters. What is that? Really? Oh my God, he literally removed my stuff from the freaking board. Hold on one second, Craig. solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com Hi, I'm Ron Paul. I know what you're thinking, another gold commercial. But don't put the TV on mute. You owe it to yourself to listen. Stock markets may be high right now, but they'll eventually fall. And when they do, your retirement savings will fall along with them. All the experts at Gold Co. today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold IRA. Call 856141681 or visit goldco.com forward slash Pete. Cardio Miracle is the finest, most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being. Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com. Introducing the Portal Universe only on QUX. This is America's first super app. 
Easily build your portal, share and monetize video content, live stream products, music apps, and more. Engage in chats and private video messaging. This isn't just a TV box or streaming device. This is your social television console. Become a merchant without any setup or monthly fees. Buy and sell using QDUX tokens for private and secure encrypted transactions. You control the ads you watch. You control the content you see. You have easy access to products and services you want, all at the press of a button. QUX brings people together, enhances fellowship, community, and networking capabilities, while protecting privacy like never before. Don't wait. Go to QUX.TV right now and order your TV box today using promo code PETE. Be part of a new digital frontier. Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns? Lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages, or any situation makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal. Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious delicious and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years. We source high-quality non-GMO ingredients and use advanced freeze-drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients. Forget last-minute runs to the grocery store. Pete Prep Store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep. Why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones? With Pete Prep Store, you're always prepared. Make the smart choice today. Visit PrepStore.com and place your order today. This isn't just food, it's your lifeline in times of crisis. Don't wait for an emergency to prepare. Be proactive. PetePrepStore.com. Be prepared. Be secure. Be ready. Always. Banks are supposed to be the safest place. Okay. All right, welcome back, everybody. I told you... Um, Today's show is going to be power-packed. First of all, uh, for those of you that missed on the live stream, if you were on Rumble, there was a little glitch there. They had a black screen, and we set up an alternate stream. But guess what? The Trevor Loudon interview is going up as a separate segment. We're going to have it widely distributed. Bombshell interview. And uh, Trevor Loudon has agreed to come back on and speak to me. because There's a lot of stuff that was packed into that, that one-hour interview. Um, and then I said in the third hour of this live show, it's going to be the first introduction. We're going to have a, uh, a conversation as to, you know, how we came together, why um, my next guest uh, has connected with me, um, and in going forward, why he's going to be dedicated to serving the public, the common man, the average person that has no idea what's being done under their nose is the best way I can introduce this next segment. We are in right now, and, and you may not uh, be fully aware of your surroundings because it's fifth generation styled warfare, There's psychological operations, um, the war that you thought was going to come, you know, with the Chinese troops and tanks and uniforms and guns and kinetic warfare. Those days are done. That style of warfare is done. Well, so too is the means by which your money is taken from your account and given to 
uh, rich people. <laughs> how, how they do that right now, the technocracy, the, the ways they do it, they probably use the same level of psychological operations, military style, to lie to you, to cause you to psychologically pull your wallet out and throw money at them based on a lie. That was the old cell, but now uh, they do it electronically. They do it in mass, incrementally, and it's legalized theft. Then on top of that, they're wanting to take an old fiat currency system and create their own digital version to have even more control. How do we do that? Uh, and how do you get the entire planet to go along with it? Uh, that is what we're going to try to unpack from now until we hit the pearly gates. The end time scenario as it relates to, you know, regular modern warfare and the unrestricted style warfare that we're seeing right now. Set all that aside, we have an equally important, never before seen in all of human history, an extraction of wealth from a bunch of us slaves to a select few individuals that have totalitarian control of the flow of money. It's being done right under our noses. But guess what? Uh, there's certain signs and signals in the market that they you can't hide. It's like putting a dunce cap on them. You can see them running around. And some of us have had the veil lifted, and we see it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once that veil is lifted, if you're God-centered and the Lord believes that you're ready to see it, you will see it. You can't unsee it. And the best way that I can say that this segment with a gentleman that I've come to know, and there's been a lot of um, learning, I've had to go through a learning curve to be able to accept what he's been trying to poke at me for, I don't know, the better part of two years to pay attention to it. And, and I wasn't I wasn't fully ready until recently. So I, I believe that divine intervention at a very, very important time has brought it together. And Craig, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to you as Craig W. You'll do the introductions and we'll we'll uh, uh we'll we'll go from there. But Craig W, uh I believe has has been, you know, sent to me and affected my life and in uh, very divine, um, God-centered ways. And Craig, I welcome you to the Pete Santilli Show. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Yeah, it's good to be on your wiki, Pete. It's great to have you. And Deb. Good morning, Deb. Good morning, Deb. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. So, so Craig, you know, wh where to begin? All right, I had to, I had to do that introduction because we're going to put together a series, okay? That introduction was really, really important. Uh, because I also want you to, to I, I want you to believe that I'm understanding what's happening here. The stuff that we're going to talk about, some things are pretty complex. Like when you take a look at charts and most people, you know, they're not good with math. They're not good with their checkbook. Uh, but they're really, they've got good spidey senses, you know. Right. So, so we can take those people. You may not uh, be a visual person. Maybe you need to. You need to hear it for it to settle in and, in, you know, and internalize it in your soul. Everyone learns in different ways, but right now is an important time that you apply either hearing it 
seeing it, feeling it. You can be good at math, math bad at math. Figure out what's going to allow you to understand what's happening here. And, and you need to embrace the ideas that we're going to talk about, that, that what is happening in our markets and the financial system is, do you agree, it's never before been seen in all of human history at this level. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that your comment about fifth generation warfare is that pretty much hits it right on the head. I think people can understand what that means. I think, you know, especially people turning tuning into your show, you know, I think that hits home. I think, you know, the recent movie Top Gun Maverick, right? They talk about fifth generation warfare and mm -hmm. you know, the F-14s aren't as good anymore against the, you know, the new stealth fighters. I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing. I think it's perfect. Perfect. I think that analogy is perfect. It is perfect. Now, um, now, now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw it back to you. Not not to establish credibility, but I want everybody to understand uh, how important this moment is right now. Um, and, and I'm not even over sensationalizing it. The impact that will happen when our monetary system that has been so destroyed um, for the benefit of a few. It's always been that way for. The past 20, 30 years, they've been extracting wealth from the United States of America and offshoring it and, and, and not doing it because they produce something. They just, you know, stuck their hooks into it, grabbed, you know, a, a bag of cash and were left holding the bag. And back in 2008, 2009, with that collapse, the subprime mortgage meltdown, it was a very different time than when I watched, I literally sat there with my dad at a bank and he trusted his local banker. And he said, Mr. Santelli, you can get this type of a house and you've got so much being put up and this is a really good deal and you're a man of great credit. And they had that relationship. We no longer have that relationship between middle America, small town America and the banking system. 2008, 2009 was literally an extraction of wealth and theft and a, a deception perpetrated upon the world with this mortgage-backed security thing, sold this, you know, triple-A rated, you know, uh, uh, borrowers. It wasn't that way. They literally stole trillions of dollars from the United States of America, put our nation at risk, and caused a transfer of wealth even to the bankers that control the Federal Reserve. Now, where are we since then? I believe that after 2008, 2009, Greg, we should have had a collapse and, and a reset. And then on the other side of it, we could have recovered. And I said, the longer this goes, the more painful it is going to be. And I think that's where we're at right now. When, the, when this collapse, which is in motion, happens, my goodness, there, there's going to be millions and millions of lives lost. Starvation will occur. Uh, it's going to be much more harmful than if we would have collapsed right around 2010-11 to get our system set right. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do, Pete. Hopefully there's not too much of a lag. I'm missing a little bit no. occasionally of what you're saying, but is it okay? Are we Perfect. Good? Okay, great. So I, I, you, you are very intuitive because I really can't say it a whole lot better. I said the same thing in 2008 that, you know, the, um, you know, we should have we should have seen a, a big recession to depression. Then we should have cleaned the slate. We should have 
basically, you know, there's seasons in life, right? Cycles, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about cycles today and, you know, and so I might as well, you know, start merging into that now with yes. the seasons of life, right? You know, we have a fall, a winter, you know, we're about to approach things die, they go into the ground, they set up for spring and then we get spring and summer. And it's the same kind of thing. The problem is we've been delaying those seasons for a long, long, long time, you know, probably since, you know, the 1970s, the 1980s, right? And we can talk about, you know, let, let me briefly say one thing about, um, you know, two things that happened for the 1980s, because before the 1980s, we were in a very rocky economy, very rocky markets, 1960 to 1980. In the 1970s, right, they went from a defined benefit plan for people's retirement, right, mm -hmm. to ERISA. So they went to 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, depending upon, you know, where you work, who you work for. And not only that, but in the 1980s, Reagan and Art Laffer basically created deficit spending. You know, I mean, we'd already deficit spent, but we were, we went heavily into deficit spending. So the combination of those two things launched the 1980s to 2000 and once again you know we we defend we we tried to defy the seasons and in 2001 we get a nasdaq bubble there were also other things that happened then long-term capital management asian currency crisis these things are all connected right and that's really you know what what makes cycles harmonics everything work is that we are all connected almost 8 billion people on planet earth and we mm -hmm. are connected Mm -hmm. And the problem is when we start trying to have governments that try to intervene and, and you know, push off these cycles, we're going to run into problems and we're, we might be on it right now. now I, go, mean, I know everybody with, says that. But go with me here and we're going to get into the, the, the technical aspects. It's going to be an ongoing project. We're going to actually produce, based on what you're hearing right now, the common man, the, the, the hardworking, honest person will be able to look at it with a different set of lenses on so when when you see a chart that we show you in the future you know what are you looking for or what are you listening for and let me just um um i'm gonna kind of hit our launching pad here so everyone listen to what i'm about to say um there's an inside secret you know that traders if they've got certain technology they can see things happening and i'll just give you a couple of examples high frequency trading back in the day, you know, there was a way that if they had the technology and they actually gotten at the front of the line every single day before everyone was going to trade and they could see and pull everybody right behind them within the minute, right before the market opens. And they said, what are you going to be buying today? And everybody says, we're buying Microsoft. That they put themselves in position to buy Microsoft. And then once everybody gets through the line and buys their Microsoft and the stock goes up, they take their profits and they sell their Microsoft stocks because they knew that everyone was going to be buying Microsoft. They had the ability technologically to poll everybody as to what they're going to be buying at the open of the market. Okay. They profited from that with technology. They produced absolutely nothing and they got out of the way and everybody got through the line. Uh, that high-frequency trading scenario, uh, who does it benefit? Um, the, the person that's at the front of the line. That's about it. And does it benefit? Does it produce anything? Does it add to our GDP? Does it add debt or not? You know, it's legalized um, 
gambling, if you're a card counter, uh, you're, you're, you're benefiting. You know what's going to be coming. So that type of scenario for the high-frequency trading. Here's the next thing. Is that if I were like a very wealthy family member, we'll, use, we'll pick on the Rothschilds. And, and I went to you, Craig, and I said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to, we have the internet now, um, and I want you to be able to t just listen in on everyone's, in everyone's houses. And what are they talking about these days? What's the majority of what everyone is saying? And Craig, you designed the software program. You said, I've listened to everyone. And you go back to the Rothschilds and you say, they're all talking about wanting to buy green grapes. As a matter of fact, right now, if you cornered the market on green grapes, everybody's about to start buying green grapes. That's the sentiment right now. And you only tell that to the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds become very wealthy because they were able to use you and, and take a look at it. That term harmonics, right, means that there's a certain conversation that's going all around the world. Everyone is buying, selling, trading, and doing, and, and, and there's a language that is being spoken, and it's repetitive. It's not necessarily predictable. It's just a matter of hearing it, the harmonics of what's happening in the market, right? And you can also, through those harmonics, Craig, if I said, I want you to go look at the markets and tell me. Who's stealing all the money? What are they doing? Are they the pump and dumpers and all those people? Can you go in and find the theft that's happening in the global markets? And you would be able to do that, wouldn't you? Now, I'm going to throw back to you. Um, I just spoke in layman's terms. Am I too far off when I hear that term harmonics and what you do? Right now, we're sharing this information, not for the benefit of the Rothschilds, we're sharing it for the benefit of the people that are being ripped off. And that is the little guy. Uh, we want to tell you what the secrets are to what's happening in the system. And it's a God-centered approach to say, you know what? None of you that are listening to us right now deserve to be robbed at gunpoint or even worse, to have your money stolen from your safe when you're not looking in the dark of night without your knowledge. None of you deserve that. Um, so, sir, that's my layman's speak. Am I too far off from what you do? In my explanation, am I too, am I, am I too far off? No, I'm losing a little bit of it. Somehow we got a little bit of a bad connection, but I think I think you're right on. Um, I missed a little bit of that, but I did catch, you know, the grapes and, you know, trying to corner the markets and and you know, high frequency trading mm -hmm. and the progression of this this whole endeavor, right, of capital markets. And, you know, really I, I'd like let me just interject one thing about, you know, Sam Smith and the invisible hand. And, you know, the concept is that each individual person, right, has something to contribute. And collectively, you know, we contribute at a state level, government level, global level, that kind of a thing. And the problem is, like you said, when we enter in high frequency trading, it starts to benefit just a very few. And, you know, they sell it to you, right? FINRA, the CFTC, the SEC, right? These guys are who all are in a slumber, right? 
they sell it to us as it creates liquidity, right? It brings your price down when you're buying and selling a stock or something like that. And there is some truth to that, right? The problem is that, you know, these guys have gotten so sophisticated that it would take us hours to go through this, right? Market structure, all those kind of things. And, um, and so what is the secret for the people, right? You know, is, is what you were saying is spot on in that the, the, the news, by the time that individual gets the news, the move is probably already done, right? Because someone already knew about it. You know, they control the news cycle. It plays out in the news cycle. That could be, you know, hours to days until you hear it, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's too late. It's already played out. I listen to a lot of things. I listen to the news wires, right? I have these harmonic calculations that tell me ahead of time you know, these structures of where markets should go. Then we wait and we watch and we see if the markets are responding to those harmonic levels. And as soon as they are, right, we know we have something that's active, that's valid, and we start working from that, right? And then we listen to the news and we listen to what's coming out and we see, we can, I can actually see a lot of times the scam going on through the news wires. They release the news. You can almost see it lined up sometimes, right? You'll have Fed speakers, Federal Reserve, right? I, I, I got to be careful here in the terminology because I know a lot of people, you know, but the Federal Reserve, right, which is basically the backstop to our banking system, 13 branches around the country, set up in 1913. Um, it is there to supposedly backstop the banks. But what happens is these speakers come on and they line them up and they'll turn the markets multiple times in a day. and because I see the news wires come through that they're in on the whole thing. And I know that's a very bold statement. And I know that that's going to, you know, if the wrong, if the right or wrong people heard that, you know, it creates ripple effects. But I'm to the point where I sort of don't care anymore because, you know, if we don't do something here, they're going to lock us all up. You know what I mean? For doing anything. You know, I mean, look at Trump, look at Owen Troyer, look at all these people. So I'm to the point where I really don't care. I want to get this information to the people. Um, and the, the, Yes, I think, you know, we are so outmatched if we try to play their game. If we try to play the game that's been set up against us, we don't have a chance. So what we have to do is we have to look for alternatives. We have to educate ourselves. Mm. We have to make it a little bit of a study. It doesn't have to be a massive study, but everyone should really take this seriously because what we've done is we've turned over our power, our life's work, Right, that goes into a 401k or goes into some sort of a savings system is subject to all these manipulations, these machinations that go on. You know, can I, can I use an example if you don't want? I don't want to interrupt when your. Things uh, go can, bad, right? Like we talked about in 2001 NASDAQ bubble or the 2008 real estate crisis. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry uh, to interrupt your flow. If there's a, a delay here, I, I apologize. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a question out that everyone can relate to, um, uh, and, and what they can expect going forward. Like, what are you going to get when Pete Santilli and Craig W get together? Um, we're going to translate what's happening. They speak in language when they say, Oh, the debt ceiling needs to be raised and it's 33 trillion and never before have we let me, let me translate that into a language that everybody can understand. All right. What is $30 trillion in debt, okay? It's basically taking from you 
and multiple generations of the future and taking all that money and exactly. putting it on your credit card and I get to go buy all the stuff, but I'm going to buy it outside of the United States of America. And when the bill comes, the U.S. collapses, you're left holding the bag, and a bunch of rich, rich people are going to be offshore. You need to know what $30 trillion in debt is. means you're getting the bill, and they bought all the stuff on your credit card, didn't they? Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. So. Yep. And, and, they, and then they leave it for the kids and the future generations. That You know, that's how it works. And. Um, yeah. What, what if I were to, you know, like these politicians, they, they speak, they say, oh, we must stop spending. And then they come up with this excuse that, well, we must maintain the full faith and credit of the United States of America and our credit rating. And we have to do this. And we have to pay our bill. That's all bullcrap. Uh, because ultimately what's happening, Craig, could you imagine? I'm going to take your credit card, all right? And I'm going to go buy a bunch of stuff today. Furniture. Shoot me, your your credit card is limitless. I'm going to buy a house, a car, furniture, shoes, all of that. Um, and now you're going to get the bill. You're the one that's going to, the monthly bill is going to show up and your monthly payment is going to be so huge. But you know what? Uh, have we reached a cap on that credit card? Let's increase the limit, you know, because we have to make sure on your behalf that you're going to pay that bill. And we're going to lift the, the credit card, you know, ceiling, the, the limit on the credit card. And, and, and we're going to make sure because you're an American and your full faith and credit says that you're good for it. And we're going to lift that ceiling, go out and buy more stuff. And you're still going to get the bill. This is what's happening right now in this charade that's going on in Congress about the debt ceiling, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I, it's exactly what's going on. Um, and, it, you know, if we think about this in terms of the past, right, because that's what the harmonics are. We're going to connect the past to the present and then put it, push it into the future. And if we think about that, we go back to World War II, we go back to World War I, um, you know, I've, I've spent the last five years intensively studying those wars and how they were set up and structured for wealth and power transfers. You know, you've done a great job of talking about Operation Paperclip, moving the scientists back to the Pentagon, rushing to get the Pentagon done in time, right? We could go on for hours on that. And you've done that. You've done that very well. The, you know, the, the problem with it is that, you know, we have to think about things today because we're entering World War III. We're entering global wars. You know, you can see it being set up. We can feel it in our bones. And, you know, with any intuition whatsoever, we see it, any studying whatsoever. And so if we take the things from World War II and we take the things and we push them into today, we can see the same kind of stuff. We can see the wealth transfer taking place. We can see the power transfer taking place. We don't know exactly where, right? We've heard mention of, you know, Kazakhstan, Asia, right? You can see the insurance companies already starting to set up shop in Asia, right? A lot of the annuity companies are selling off their annuities, moving to Asia. So we can see the wealth transfer. If we look under the surface a little bit, we can see the wealth transfer taking place. And that, you know, and in relating it to a credit card is totally accurate. You know, it's a wealth transfer, you know, they, and, you know, let me add one more thing, right? You know, this whole climate thing that we've seen come about, mm -hmm. 
it fits into the puzzle, right? We're, we're, we're trying to put the whole picture together here. And I know we're doing this kind of quickly, but if we add in John Kerry and the whole, you know, climate change thing, I have video footage of Larry Fink, you know, Brian Moynihan, of Bank of America, right? These guys coming on and saying, we think you can run the U.S. government debt up to $70 trillion. We think that's, you know, I don't know if they think it's a breaking point or they just think it's some achievable point. So they've got multiple scams ready to go. And if they can get away with it, like they did with COVID, they would do the same thing with the climate change, but it's falling apart, right? People mm. don't believe the little bear sitting on the little iceberg, right? They don't buy it. And if you really do any studying, you realize we might even be going into a global cooling with the modern minimum. So the point is they will steal whatever we let them, right? We have to take a stand and we have to put force back against them. You know, a lot of people are doing that. You know, I'd like to be a catalyst and, you know, some sort of a cog in the wheel, right? To help do that from a financial perspective, because finances sit at the center and the hub of all of this stuff. So we have to address the financial aspect of it and we have to put up a resistance without education it's hard to put up a resistance we have to do some education here we can do it quickly and efficiently but we have to educate all right i'm going to use two analogies here right and there's a method to my madness i knew exactly what i was going to be speaking about for that remember i said the first phase is going to be a one-hour segment an introductory segment because of what we're going to do going forward i told you that was going to happen now i'm going to use two analogies here that everyone can understand right um, you know, Larry Fink and BlackRock and all of them, you know, had coming up with ideas and we could push the envelope and go to $70 trillion. Let me translate that to two, two uh, analogies. Uh, and most people don't understand what a Ponzi scheme is. So I'm going to simplify it. Um, if I were going to run a Ponzi scheme, what I would do is I'd get 10 people in the room and I'd say, all right, ladies and gentlemen, right now, uh, you have $10,000 in the bank and it's earning nothing, right? It's earning nothing. So I want all 10 of you, to, uh, we're gonna use 100,000 because it's you know like that, 100,000. Um, what I want you to do is give me your $100,000 and what I will do is you'll get the equivalent of getting interest you know, on your money. I'm gonna pay you uh, $500 a month because right now, your bank is not paying you 500. You give me your $100,000, I'm gonna give you $500 every single month. And you will turn your $100,000, it's gonna be at a rate that we're gonna pay you back gradually, it'll increase. You're gonna get $700,000 back when it's all said and done. Everyone's like, what, really, you can do that? Yes, I'm gonna do that. Uh, and it's gonna work, here we go, give me your 100,000. Everyone hands Bernie Madoff $100,000 and he starts making payments and then come to find out how's that being made? That's just being made by a bunch of stupid people that handed him money and he gives them a couple trickle payments. But when the word gets out that you're not gonna get your 700,000, that nothing is being produced, he's just giving you pacification payments, then one of those 10 people says, give me my 100 grand back. What are you doing? And then the second person and the third person says, we want all of our money back. Well, I don't have the money. I actually spent all of your $100,000. <laughs> and I left a little bit just to make some trickle payments to you. I spent all the money. What do you mean you don't have my money? I'm so sorry. I wasn't holding it. 
I actually spent it because I thought we were going to do good. I thought other people were going to come in and contribute to the pot. The Ponzi scheme collapses. The money's gone. You just handed him a hundred grand and he went out and bought a yacht. And he saved a little bit to give you pacification payments. That's a Ponzi scheme. That's what these guys are suggesting here. Is that run up the credit card bill, don't worry about it. We won't be here on planet Earth when the bill comes in. The second scenario. It, 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 it is it is a, a hor it is literally a con game. If they can convince you to pull your wallet out of your or pull money out of your wallet and hand it to them, and and they will say anything and do anything to get you to do it voluntarily. They believe that they have the moral high ground because I mean all they did was suggest something to you, and maybe they kind of fudged the truth a little bit. But you handed it to them voluntarily. And they've made this system of theft legal. And they believe it's moral. It's okay to do that. Um, they've educated themselves. So, therefore, they're in the know. If you wanted to make as much money as them, you should have educated yourself. Um, th those are just two quick scenarios that I think everyone can relate to. Now, I'm going to throw back to you. Because right now I know something about what you're sitting in front of. Uh, I want you to tell, I'm going to put you on screen. You talk to our listening audience. And we had a conversation. You said, Pete, we need to get together and just tell everybody what the heck is going on. And I know what's going on. And I used to work. I could go to work for some, the richest of the rich of the rich. I've been in the business for many years. Um, but, but, but I, I feel a sense of duty to tell the public what is happening to them because they, they just don't know. And that's why we came together. Tell everybody about your background. And if you want to, you know, I'm really, you know, I get impressed with screens because you're the only person I know that has more uh, computer monitors than I do. Um, I laugh at that. But talk about your background uh, and, and what you do know about the markets. Um. Yeah, so sometimes, you know, when you, like, you know, we talk about divine intervention a little bit, and, you know, so my, you know, my life is probably a little bit different than than some, right, or maybe many. You know, when I grew up like every other little kid, you know, until I was eight, and then my, my dad passed away, a year later, my mom passed away, my grandparents pretty much passed away, my grandma was the one that took care of us and, and she remarried and the guy that came into my life, my, my step-grandfather, right. Started showing me things at, at a young age. Um, you know, things like I keep them right here by me, you know, um, like this book right here by G Edward Griffin, the fearful master and, you know, the naked communist by Klaus and Cleon Skousen. And, you know, that's something kind of odd for someone to give you when you're 11 or 12 years old. And so, you know, we started off, you know, doing some stock stuff. That's hilarious. And... Look, by, by the way, that's funny. <laughs> Look what I have right next to me. <laughs> yeah, continue. And, you know, so then we started doing some stocks together. And then, you know, and uh, then I ended up working for a wealthy stockbroker guy and his, at his summer estate in Michigan for three summers. And, he told me all about the 70s and kind of educated me on what was going on, what had gone on. I happened to be there when the 1987 crash occurred and learned about the scam of the Graham Rudman, you know, the, all these different bills. And, 
And, you know, so that was quite an education at 16, 17, 18. And then, you know, then I, you know, go off to school and start studying business. Seems like a logical thing to do if you have an interest in markets. And I get there and I love the Japanese culture class and the astronomy class, but the, you know, the econ the the economics class 101 and 102 seem like a total scam to me. You know, it's like put all these curves on there, call them supply, demand, equilibrium, all these different things. And, you know, and then you you go and talk to the professor and it's like, no, 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 this is the way it is. You don't question anything. This is how it is. So they're training you to be a bean counter, right? So that didn't sit well with me. So I forget it. I'm going to go be a mechanical engineer, right? So then I get involved in that, get, you know, go to work, for, do an internship, um, you know, get involved in my internship, a couple guys sweeping away, we go off, start up a business, get involved with this older gentleman who was an absolute genius doing, you know, industrial ventilation projects around the world. You know, what a great experience for a kid, you know, who's 21, 22 years old. My partner, who was probably 60 at the time, you know, was cutting down trees. I was supposed to be there with, be there with him that weekend, you know, to, he was building a log cabin. Tree falls on him, kills him. So here I am again with a business. So I run it for a year, sell it, go back to school, wrap up my undergraduate degree, business law, quickly so I can get into MBA, get my MBA in finance. And here's what's so funny, right, is that, you know, within the first month of being at graduate school, 9-11's on the big screens in front of our room before class starts. And I happen to be in class with a critical thinking expert, right, like the top one or two guys in the country, right? I mean, this guy, and he doesn't know what to do. He just shuts it off, never addresses it again, and we move on. And at that point, I was like, you know, this, like, I just need to get through this place, right? Because this is just, you know, and it was a top 10, top five, you know, MBA program in the country at the time, probably still is, Indiana University, right? I was two or three years behind Ed Dowd, who most of you probably have seen. And so, um, anyhow, you know, then I go off to, so then I get an internship down in Florida, get to work for an incredibly data-rich company. Uh, I'll throw out the name, Ned Davis Research. We did research for all the big pension funds, hedge funds around the world. You know, you know, $40 billion pension funds, which at the time was pretty big. And, um, and so I got to see what the hedge funds were thinking, right? You know, the hedge funds would call in, they would ask me for a request, I would build a model for them, and I would send it back to them, and I'd see what the feedback is. So it was a very unique spot to be in. And I couldn't have asked for a better spot looking back, right? So anyway, so that I sort of get involved with a joint venture thing up in Chicago, working for the, you know, on the floor when the Chicago Mercantile Exchange was going from the trading pits, like you, you see in, you know, trading places, right, to the screens, which is where it's all gone now, just like you were saying, Pete, with, you know, all the electronic trading and that kind of stuff. So I get to see that whole transition. I get to meet an incredibly diverse group of people, you know, all the way from big floor traders, you know, to little floor traders, to the top guys in management, because one of the guys of our, at our proprietary firm was on the board of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So you get to see a lot of things, and, you know, and I met a lot of people. And then, you know, I got involved with a big farming operation out in Nebraska. It was kind of basically a hedge fund, you know, designing models for them. And so it was a culmination of all those things that, you know, really made me think outside the box, see a lot of different things you know, work hard. I mean, I probably, I estimate I have somewhere between 90 to 100,000 hours of time put into the markets. And what do they say? 10,000 makes an expert. I, I have no idea, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, you know, I, you know, I, I have, um, you know, dedicated the time, 
you know, I feel comfortable coming out, right, and, and sharing, because I've tested it. I've tested this stuff, right? And I feel comfortable, you know, I love nothing more than educating my daughters, right? I have two young daughters. I love to teach them, right? When I love to teach math and science to them, not so much language arts, but I love the history part too, because I can see what's coming next, right? So they have a teacher that's teaching them, and then I can see what's coming next, so I can start interjecting things and saying, well, think about this or think about that. And then we talk about it, right? And so they get the education that everybody wants them to know. And then they get the education that I think is true and valid. So it's that same kind of a thing that I would love to bring to people, right? You know, I love to teach, right? It's really what I love to do. And I would love to, you know, show people, here's a harmonic, here's the news, walk them through the process in real time. So there's no doubt, there's no... There's no Ponzi scheme going on. There's no scam, right? It's just, you see it with your own eyes, right? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work, it's not for you, you know? I mean, it's just that simple. Just see it with your own eyes. And so that's why we have to have can a certain I, amount can of Can I add one thing to it? Uh, because this is sure. my my understanding, like what I've been looking at um, and how it's different from when I tune into uh, CNBC and I hear Kramer, I do the exact opposite of what he tells me. If he's telling me, you know, put my money in mortgage-backed securities, you, that means run for the hills because, you know, like Goldman Sachs was telling their client base, you know, to buy into mortgage-backed securities right before the subprime mortgage meltdown. And they were on the backside betting against knowing what was coming. And betting against means that they're making a bet that the market's going to collapse. Okay. They knew the market was going to collapse and their money. If they put a dollar up, right. For every dollar they put up that the market was going to collapse, you know, they were going to get a, because it's a high risk bet. Never before has the market ever collapsed in that fashion. Shoot. But if it does, we'll pay you $2 for every dollar you have. So they're plunking dollars down that it was going to collapse knowing it was. And then they're telling their clients to continue to put their money in the market. Um, so when I listen to CNBC, uh, I'm now starting to hear a pattern here. When they say do this, I, I, I do the opposite. I'm a contrarian per se, right? Now I've taken my, my sensory abilities, right? Uh, understanding their language. And in looking at what you're doing, you've taken a very technical approach to it to say, the markets, when they start doing this, I'm going to refer to it as this. I don't mean to overly sensationalize, but it's almost like a Da Vinci code of sorts that the market is going to tell you certain things that no matter how they try to control it, the market is speaking a certain way that even the biggest money movers, they can try to manipulate it. They can put all their money in and try to pump and dump. But ultimately, the market will speak in a certain way, and it's going to do certain things time and time again. It is a level of predictability, and it's a code that is unknown that you have been able to see, and you're willing to share that code with the world. Um, you know, I hate to call it the Da Vinci Code because it makes it some magical, mystical thing. But you've been able to establish these patterns. They're unmistakable. And they can't be manipulated per se. It's it's going to do what it's going to do. And they're not God. So therefore, you know, 
This is almost sent. It's of God. They, they, they can't control it. And you've been able to predict these trends. Is that true? Yeah, so we have to be careful when we use the word prediction just to keep uh, the SEC and all these oh, guys. Oh, yes, 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 right, but, right. But, but I think, but yes, you know, I think you're, I think you're centered on, on the key. And what, what I think is so important to establish is that the, you know, the difference between manipulation, so we can, see because we can look at a specific direct market and we can get its harmonics and then what we can do is we can compare it to other markets that are also giving us a similar or same time frame mm. same structure and we can compare the two and we can measure the the truth right god you know and it can't be manipulated and then mm. we can see when it's when something is out of sync, when something is not synchronized, we can see the manipulation going on mm -hmm. because we know that it's ripe to be manipulated and it's in a window where it can be manipulated. And so sure enough, what are the thieves going to do? They're going to manipulate it, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, you know, we can see that, right? We can't, we can sort of prove it because we can look at the trades, but it's very hard to cipher all the trades off and read all the trades that are flowing through. So we can sort of get a, we can do a statistical analysis on that. We can do a sample, right? We can do a sample size. We can sample things out of the market, see who's on the other side of the trade. We get a pretty good feel for who's doing it, that kind of stuff. But what's most important is that we can compare one market's harmonics to another market's harmonics, and we can watch them play out together side by side. Yeah. And we've, we've seen this going on, right? I've been sending you these charts, you know, with the NASDAQ and the German DAX, the right. NASDAQ has been incredibly volatile, incredibly wild. It's under distribution. The German DAX has been very methodical, very pure, very fundamental. The, the, the NASDAQ completed its harmonic a couple weeks ago. The German DAX just completed its harmonic last night. Mm -hmm. The NASDAQ was right for manipulation for the last three weeks. And sure enough, what have we seen? We've seen lots of manipulation. What I believe is distribution, which means the, the big boys are distributing the money. They're distributing their positions and they're preparing for a move down in the markets is what's going on. Yeah. I but, saw this before 2008. I saw it before COVID. I didn't right. know what it was, but I could see it going on. This time we're more aware. We're wiser than we were in 2008. We're wiser than we were during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. But we see the same and it's worse now than it was then. So it tells me whatever's coming is bigger than what we saw in 2008. And it's bigger than what we saw in COVID. Yeah. Because the distribution is bigger than we saw then. Right now, now I'm also gonna. Uh, it's this isn't even a disclaimer. We, we're literally wanting to, you know, like Dr. Kirk, for instance. He has a business. Uh, you know, asset preservation is his business, and you can pick up the phone and call him, and he'll consult with you, and he'll tell you, you know, this. You're concerned about your 401k. I believe you need to do this with it. He's trying to preserve your assets, and he's selling something. He has a business model that does that. What we're doing right now. Uh, is sharing information for free, okay? And I'm going to show you an example of that. I say for free. I, I have a business that's, we have to pay the bills, of course, and we have sponsors and stuff, ultimately. But this information, uh, we're, you're not selling gold. You're not selling the NASDAQ. You're not selling the dollar. You're not, but, but if you take that information and you find it to be valuable and you decide to act on that, 
uh, that's good. Uh, that, that's a good thing. If you decide, you know, hey, uh, you know, I learned something really neat uh, from Craig and Pete over the past, you know, three weeks about where the market was going to go. And, and I've got my nest egg over here. And wow, they, they've been, you know, and I feel pretty confident based on my newly found information that I'm going to be able to protect myself. That's up to you. But we're not selling you a thing. And I'm, I, I'm not overblowing this. I'm going to use an example. I'm going to put something on the screen here. And this is the kind of information that we're going to be sharing multiple times a week because the markets are speaking right now, okay? And we need to be able to translate it. Even if you just watch it and observe like I did, for instance, in late 1999, Gerald Salente say, buy gold, $295 an ounce. And I had cash in the bank and I could have gone to buy gold and I didn't do it because I was such a tightwad. But I did hear him say, buy gold at 295 and it went boom and it skyrocketed. And I listened to him and I knew where the market was going to go based on what he was saying. I didn't act on it. But I knew where it was going because I informed myself. Watch this. Here's the U.S. dollar. I want you to speak to this. I'm going to put this on the screen, and it's going to look like gibberish to most people. Uh, but translate this on the U.S. dollar. It's a screenshot of the U.S. dollar, right? This is the, yeah. this is the dollar one, right? So right, the, right. the little pink bubble down, uh, when, when was that approximately? Um, let me tell you here real quickly. That was, that was, um, back in June. So that was June and July of this. June and July. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to throw right back to you. All right. But as I look at the chart and as I've looked at all of your charts, you see the ups, downs, ups, down, ups, down. You see all this activity, right? And I, and I use the analogy of the high frequency traders. People are manipulating, pulling out, up, pump and dump and doing, they're doing all this manipulation. But over time, they can manipulate, they can move, they can buy, sell, do whatever they want. A certain trend will take place that you could plot out on a graph, right? Yeah. Like that. And so can I, yeah, so if I can speak to this trend. Yes. So back in June, right, you know, all we heard. All we heard was the dollars going down, the dollars going away, right? We heard about the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, right? You know, the currency. And so all we heard was the dollars going down, the dollars going down. If you turned on Bloomberg, that's all you heard all day. If you turned on CNBC, that's all you heard all day. And what does it look like to all the viewers? The dollar did. It went up, right? And the key things we want to look at are those two pink lines where that little, uh, you know, pink circle is, that was when we had the signal, right? That's where the energy built up. That's what establishes our harmonic. Then we have that dark green line at 103.92. So a dollar three ninety two in the US dollar, that's a major measuring point. And then we have a, a green dash line at 105.70. And then we have another green line at 107.70. So our first target was that 105.70 right? The dashed green line. So basically where you see that green rectangle that's shaded in, that that was the bottom of that was our first target. The 107.70 was our second target. And right now I'm talking about this in history. So you can say, well, okay, but if you were with me the whole time from the pink dot on, I was proclaiming, you know, 105.70. That's our first target. Then we had a back-to-back -back signal on 105.70. 
and it said 10707, and that's where the market went. And if you look at those little yellow circles, I've stripped it down to keep it simple, right? You know, because this is our first day, this is your first introduction to it. But those little yellow circles, right, are showing reaction to the different harmonic levels. And there's a lot more on there, but the, and, and again, we only use those to prove that it's valid. And so what does this mean to everybody? Right. Well, one, it means that we've been lied to, number one, okay, which we know we're not surprised by that. We know that we don't have a legitimate president. We know the border's open. We know COVID was a scam. We know all these things, right? But what we know is we've been lied to about the dollar. They're lying to us, right? Okay, so then what do we do with that? A couple times a year. Is it, isn't that an analogy? I'm sorry to interrupt you. But... I can't make these decisions for you. You mm -hmm. have to make these decisions for yourself. But if mm -hmm. we can empower you, if we can educate you, to see this stuff come out. I'm sorry, a little bit of lag. We'll we'll fix this. So we're on the live stream. Uh, we're having a problem with yeah. Zoom. But that analogy that I used about Goldman Sachs uh, and uh, during the subprime mortgage meltdown, um, you, you know, where they're out publicly trying to create a certain buzz in an energy, right? Like the penny stock guys. They used to send me faxes, buy this, buy this. They create this big, they whip up this firestorm so that everybody pumps their money into it, they grab their money and then they go. Um, that 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 lying that you're referring to, we have been here. Every person here in our voice right now has been told that the dollar is going to crash. It's going to crash. It's going down. And it's and and look at the chart. <laughs> what is it doing? The the little pink yep. bubble is when they were creating all that momentum and energy. Dollar's going to crash. It's going down. And what did it do? It went yep. up. And they did. And they talked about it the whole way up, right? They, they kept promoting that it was going down the whole way up. And so now we're stuck in this zone inside that green box, and we don't know what's going to happen next, right? I'm not afraid to say I don't know what's going to happen next. But what I can say is I will be on this, and I will be watching, right? And I will be figuring out what's coming next, right? What's the next fundamental structure that they can't manipulate, right? right. Because if they can manipulate it, they will. So we want to find the next structure that can't be manipulated. And if you watch this for a little while, and if people can be somewhat dedicated, little bits of time, but over, a, like anything, we don't learn anything at one sitting. We got to take little bites, right? So if we take little bites, you can start to make, you can start to go to your financial professional and you can say, hey, I think we should do this. You know, what do you think, right? It's that kind of a thing where you can start to get empowered because here's the thing, we've turned over our power to the crooks, right? They used Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, private equity, sovereign wealth funds. They use your money to pump the market, right? After they've already gotten in. And then when they get out, guess what? They leave you sitting there holding the bag. That's, that's why right. they say, you know, that's why when you hear Kramer, the party's over, right? When Kramer is talking about it, most of the time, now Kramer's not all bad. I mean, he does teach. And he, he teaches MBA garbage is what he really teaches. You know, the stuff you learn in MBA school, right? You know, price equity, price to sales, price to this. That stuff's, that stuff's out the back. That's out the rearview mirror at this point in my mind, right? Like I, again, the, you know, those are the same economics professionals that told me you're not allowed to question supply, demand, equilibrium. You know, it's, to me, it's a scam, you know? Mm. So I go back to math. I go back to the God-given math. I go back to the God-given structures. And like I say, I don't own this. I'm a custodian of this. I've put 90 to 100,000 hours, 100, hours in this. And I don't say I own it. It's not mine. I'm just a custodian of it, right? It's God's. 
I just found, I just got lucky doing enough math, you know, hitting a target in the dark. You know what I mean? I came up with this stuff. I mean, really, I, I know it's a little bit more sophisticated than that, but it's, you know, it's meant to be shared at this point. Okay, it's let's time. let's we need uh, to save our country. We need to save our world. Take take a look at um uh at at this one right here. What is what are we looking at um on this one? Um, you sent me. Oh, you, this is, mm -hmm. so this is the German DAX, right? So again, the same concept, right? We have a dark green line. That was our halfway harmonic. Right. That was at, let me pull this chart up so I can be a little more specific. Uh -huh. um, so the halfway harmonic was at 15,470, right, for, for the German DAX. We, we didn't trade this market per se, but we used it to measure probably another chart you're going to show in a minute, which is the NASDAQ. And, but it's the same concept, right? We're looking at those little yellow dots, those little yellow circles to measure, is it responding to the harmonics? If it is, then we can begin to rely on it, right? And, and so in this case, you know, you can see now we've hit the bright green line. This thing's, as far as we're concerned, it's over for right now. It's a, this is a pivotal point. The market is exhausted. The energy's come out of it. It's exhausted. This is the same thing on the NASDAQ, right? So um, can you go back to that other one, Pete? The one you there you yep, go. That one. So this is the NASDAQ. So you can see the yellow dots and look at the reactions against all those lines. This one's dialed in a little bit more. We have pale green lines, light blue lines, and then we have dark green lines. The point of the matter is that if you look at those yellow dots, we can see reactions to the harmonics all over the place, right? It's every, almost virtually every single turn, there's, we're hitting a yeah. harmonic level. Yeah. And then last night, you can see that bigger circle in the lower right-hand corner. That's when we broke back through this lower harmonic for the third time. It's probably, this is probably a big deal, right? Because the, let me add one more thing to this, a little context is that we have what's called divergence on a monthly and weekly time frame in the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ that's bigger than anything I've seen over the history of all the data I have. And I have as much data as I think is available going back on these markets. And I haven't seen divergence like this. So we have this big overlaying cloud hanging over us of divergence, right? Meaning, you know, it's it, just consider it as a market is being exhausted, right? Divergence equals a market's getting exhausted, either on the upside or the downside. So when we get that divergence, we start to dial in. We start to dig in. We start to look for this kind of a structure, right? We don't get these structures all the time. You know, basically the market presents them based off of its own structures. Again, past plus present equals future. And so we get these harmonics, and we don't just blindly trust them. We establish them, we test them, and then we respond to them. All right, can and I add something to this? Because right. uh, for those of you out there, and I'm telling you, um, when I first actually started up my show, December 18th of 2011, the reason why I started the show is because I was just a, like a, a novice, just an average guy, and I was a financial wingnut and I used to I was tuned into CNBC and all that stuff and and I was able to translate that all those lies that were being told publicly with what was actually happening uh, and I started the show I was gonna it was centered on the financials on the economic collapse that I believed needed to come in order for us to get back to health um, that was in 2011 going forward here um, when you look at a chart, you're like, oh my goodness, 
Every single person hearing my voice right now has a dog in this fight because, and I, I want you to relate, what is what are they saying publicly uh, regarding this? Is is this the the DAX? What are they saying publicly compared to what the market is actually doing? Because this is what we're going to present going forward. Uh, they're saying one thing, but this is what's actually happening. And every person will have a dog in the fight because our economy, our you know, our future. Uh, 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 security, all that stuff. We all have a dog in this fight. What What were they saying publicly versus what we see here actually with the DAX? Well, so this one that you're showing right now is the NASDAQ. Oh, sorry. And yeah. yeah, so the one thing I, you know, I'll comment on that in a second. Let me just say, everyone, you know, watch that 14,000 out. Granted, this is the December futures contract, so you can't necessarily necessarily watch this but whatever version of the nasdaq that you can see you know whether it's a cash market or something look at last night's price and then watch what happens from there going forward i think we're in a downward trend that's going to last for a very long time mm. you know we don't know that for sure right but that's what we think because we're below this full objective and it's kind of like chemistry right i don't know if people know much about chemistry but when you go from a solid from a liquid to a solid to a gas, there's lots of energy that takes place as you transfer, mm -hmm. you know, the same element. It's the same element. You're just adding heat. You're adding energy. So when you cross the, chemi you know, the periodic table and you change from a gas, you know, from a liquid to a solid to a gas, there's a lot of energy that goes on. And it's the same thing here. We've now crossed an energy state and now the trap door is open. Right, the trap door is open now. Oh, hold on a second. Let me. Can I add? Let me inter. Mean I'm not guaranteeing anything, but what? there's a delay. Let me yeah. interject one thing. So when you mention energy, and I'm learning right in front of everybody, when you mention energy, and you use the chemical, um, uh, I use chemistry analogy. Uh, if 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 you have energy to get through each phase, um, uh, you could say, well, it requires this amount of energy. And then it will it will move to a gaseous state. So you could say, here's our energy. It's in a gaseous state out here um, because the energy input is going to produce an output. Period. It's going to exist in a different form because of the energy input. Correct? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. You know? And so we, the people, we are the energy. You know, we are the energy. We're all connected. You know, to separate chemistry from market harmonics to people, I don't think there's any difference. It's all one big thing. It's all, you know, take it back to the origins of God, right? I mean, it's all one big thing. The more you study, the more you realize you don't know. But you find things along the way that, you know, fascinate you like this beyond beyond imagination. Do you you know, know? Every day I wake up like a kid at Christmas, you know, because I look at these signals and I can't wait to see what they're going to do tomorrow because it, it's it's literally to me like reading the Bible. You know, it's like numbers, God speaking in numbers, just like words are in the Bible. You know, the only good thing is that there's nobody translating it. There's no Mark or John or any of the apostles translating it, and writing it. I get to see it with my own eyes. Right. I get to see. The harmonics play out, you know, and you get yeah. to see the manipulation taking place too. So, okay, I, I get excited. I was jumping out there because, and, and again, this is the introduction. We're going to take a look at uh, something that everyone can understand. Gold goes up, gold goes down, the dollar goes up, gold. Is there a correlation? We're going to talk about that, but 
This is why I get excited. Do you, do you know of the company called Palantir? Yeah. Peter Thiel had $20 million of seed funding from the CIA, and he created this company called Palantir. Everyone imagine this. Just a big blue ball, okay? And it's a computer, actually. A massive computer. Uh, and Palantir means seeing stone. And Peter Thiel said... Hey, Google, check this out. I've got this computer system that you guys don't have. If you can plug in all of your data, all right, into this computer, uh, I'm going to go to Twitter. They're going to plug their data into the computer. And Facebook's going to plug their data into the computer. I know it's your data and everything, but this is what I agree to do. I'm going to, with my seeing stone, based on all the data inputs, I'm going to tell you how to run your business in the future. And the seeing stone is going to tell me that next week, everyone is going to be buying green grapes, stock up, supply chain needs to be stocked full. You're going to be selling green grapes next week if you listen to the seeing stone, because that's what everybody in the world is talking about. There is a momentum. If you, if you target your advertising and say, hey, we got green grapes today, you will make next week millions of dollars based on what the seeing stone is telling me based on the data. So right now, 8 billion people and governments, 192, you know, uh, governments in the United Nations and all of this stuff is happening in the markets and the central banks and all of this. And it is producing this thing. And you could say based on all of this data and all this energy and all of this talk, um, it can be translated. I called it the Da Vinci Code because from all of that stuff, there's people trying to exploit it. They're trying to manipulate the markets. They're trying to do all this. But overall, the collective universal consciousness in this financial system will produce X amount of results based on the energy you're seeing uh, as, as we go. And you can plot it out on a, on a graph, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in reference to your comment with Palantir, I don't know if you've seen this guy out there, this Epstein. I don't know if you've, that ring a bell. There's a guy, he's doing work on Google and these platforms where when you begin to type something in, let's say that, you know, it's, you type in green and all of a sudden the, the thing, your computer or some localized, you know, app on your machine realizes as soon as you type green G-R-A, it says grapes and it immediately will fill in the third and fourth word so that it's not only giving you an, you're already tuned in to go in and say, I'm looking for green something and it, it will actually influence the output, right? So you're right. Your mind's susceptible to be influenced and they will actually fill in the third. You should really look to get him on your show. This guy is incredibly fascinating and he's doing Robert, very, Dr. Robert Epstein. I, I have interviewed but mm -hmm. it's, Dr. Robert oh, Epstein. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't that just fascinating, right? It like is. it's well, it's scary. It's incredibly scary. But mm -hmm. that's what's going on with these markets too, Pete. It all relates back, right? It's manipulation, mind bending, right? Perception mm -hmm. bending. Mm -hmm. You know, influence. You know, as soon as we step up and we say no more, this is our money, right? We worked hard for this. We aren't going to be slaves anymore, right? right. It we're put an end to it we're going to educate and we're done with it right we're not yeah. going to play your game right now all of a sudden as soon as we do that 
good companies start showing up that we can invest in, right? Right now, there's no market for that, right? Because we don't know what the good ones are and the bad ones are. But if we say no more, we put a stop to it, all of a sudden, we'll see the good companies will say, well, I'm a good company, you know, right? You can invest in me. I'm right. a good company. And they get flushed out over time. I mean, that's where I think, you know, we have to try to get to. I know that's a big thing for Pete Santelli and Craig, you know, to try to resolve. But we have to, we can't just put it off to tomorrow. We have to try to start working toward that. Because if we don't, this technocratic rule is going to take us over, whether it's the financial market, oh, yeah. whether it's Palantir, whether it's, you know, Google and the search engine, they're going to they're going to eat us alive. Well, there, there are two major world wars that are right now spinning up there. You, know, you got the connect one. Everyone thinks world war, nuclear war, anything bombs. And no, you're immersed in a unrestricted fifth generation styled warfare that includes cyber, you know, military styled, you know, uh, uh, psyops. Uh, they're using biological warfare to kill 600,000 people. Whereas, you know, and they didn't use any bullets, by the way, through the release of the Wuhan virus. They killed 600,000 Americans without firing a shot. They didn't buy one bullet. Didn't cost them anything. Um, so we've got one war going on. It's World War. And we have another World War. And that is all these countries posturing. Okay, like, oh, we've got the best digital currency. All right, split the world in half. You got the BRICS nations, and then you've got the Western world. We've got fiat currency, or maybe our our our, our variation of what the new currency needs to be, because the old system is broken. It's about to collapse, and we've got a war, a battle going on. The world is split. I'm going to use the example. You have the United States of America, and we got capitalism, and then you got Russia, and the United States of America has a credit rating. You know, and it's got debt, and it's got all this. And there, there's this false thing that says that the United States of America has a quadruple A credit rating. And then let's take Russia and take a look at their balance sheet. And if you were to apply the same type of credit rating uh, compared to America, Russia's balance sheet would mean that they have 50 A's next to their name. They're debt-free. You know, you know what I mean? They manage their checkbook a lot better than the United States of America. But there's this false thing about our credit rating, right? It's all an illusion. How is it measured? Yeah. How did you get that credit rating? Let's compare it to Russia. Oh, we can't do that. They're communists. You know, we can't, there's no comparison. Uh, they acquired all their wealth through, you know, uh, invading Ukraine. I mean, it's all a freaking lie. You would want to manage your checkbook like Russia does. Trust me, you would. I've seen their balance sheet. They are debt-free. They're very conservative. Well, pull up the world debt clock. Anybody can do it. Yeah, you know, I have to, it. Try not to use Google if you can, or they'll influence you to some other place. But, you know, try to pull up the world debt clock, and you'll see Russia is by far the best because if you look at their external debt and you look at their internal debt and you compare the two of those compared to every – even though they're probably 10 from the bottom out of 30 countries, let's say, if you look at their internal and external debt, I, I don't know how you can argue they have the best debt scenario in the world right now of any major economy that produces of, of anything of any significance. Not only that, when you watch their, you know, public um, events, you know, instead of seeing some, you know, girl shaking her booty, you know what I mean, with no clothes on, like you'll see here, there you see girls in, you know, dresses down to their knees. It's all folksy stuff, right? Mm. You know, it, it's just, it, these two things go, 
go together, right? They're they're fiscally responsible and they're morally responsible, right? And you know, I know you've covered this, a lot of people have covered it, but you know, people can't forget in World War II, Russia lost maybe 25 million people fighting that war. We lost three or four hundred thousand, right? Like we forget that the Cold War was created, right? This is goes back to you know World War II. And General Patton knew they were setting up the Cold War so they could scare us for the next 80 years, create fear in the markets, crush the markets, you know, and and basically control us right through fear of a cold war of a nuclear attack and yeah if you go and there's somewhere on there pete you can look at the debt and you can see um you can see the all the countries listed out um but anyway people can search around they can find that i think maybe that's it toward the bottom um but yeah Look, I think Russia has been made out to be the boogeyman. Operation Paperclip shows that they split off the scientists. 60% U.S., 40% went to Russia. You know, they did that on purpose to create, a, a you know, a battle, right? A technological battle between the two of us that lasted, you know, 80 years now. And, you know, now we're pumping money in there into Ukraine as a money funnel. And we could go off on a ton of tangents with that. You know, bringing it back to the markets, yeah, I just, I think Russia is, I don't think they, I'm not going to say they're the greatest country in the world. I'm not, but the other thing we have to think about is how did Putin come in charge? How did he come in control? It was through Yeltsin and a bank scandal out of New York City Bank at HSBC, uh, New York's, New York, I can't remember the name of it now. There's a New York bank that went out of business or got acquired. Mellon. But they set up Yeltsin through some sort of a, a scandal. Yeltsin knew he was going down, so he appointed Putin because he knew he was tough enough. I think you're on it now. You yep. are going that. to different countries. Yeah, that's right. Here's the yeah. uh, uh, and, and on the world, uh, the U.S. debt clock. You can actually click on at the top of the page. World debt clock. Look at who's at the top compared to other countries. U.S. and China spending like a bunch of drunk sailors, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, whereas further down you go that's the lowest amount of debt okay turkey down at the bottom they have the least amount of money on their credit card taiwan switzerland sweden spain and look at where russia is russia saudi arabia one two three four five six seven right they're seventh right that matters right because when you you pull the room and say all right everybody show me your credit card statement right? Your American Express bill. Who's got the least amount on their American Express bill with the lowest credit card payment? And Russia's one of the lowest, right? Lowest seven. And we're like, hey, we just we just have enough to pay our bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and study that internal external debt. And if you compare the two of those, Russia would be at the bottom better than Turkey. If you look at internal external debt, right? So, you know, again, all oh, that's this right. Goes back Public to the markets, debt. right? What we're what mm -hmm. we're trying to get across. Yeah. So what if you compare that and you really study it and anybody with, you know, oh, look at this. That's right. Would, look at that. Yeah. Their public debt yeah. to GDP ratio. Nineteen percent. Wow. Yeah. That is phenomenal, which is exactly back to my point. Their balance sheet, the way they manage their checkbook is by far that's how you want to run your checkbook if you're a country or a human, right? Right. Well, and that's the thing here. You know, we're not, we're not trying to, we're, 
you know, everybody's been given the mindset that Russia is bad. I'm not going to get sit here and say that they're all good. Right. right? But what I am going to say is that, you know, we have been sold a bill of goods with Russia. Yes. They've been made to be our enemy. Right. right. They've been made to be the boogeyman. Right. right. And yet, if you look at them, all economies go up with kids with wooden shoes and they come down when everybody is wearing pink silk slippers. Right. Right. Us in China are wearing the pink silk slippers. Right. Right. We are. Everything's posh. We think we're on top of the world. Right. We, right. you know, there is, we're, we're sending money here, sending money there. We can't stop sending money. I mean, last night, Biden, hundred billion to who knows where. We don't even know where it's going. Right. right. But Russia, you know, they're whittling wooden shoes for their kids. You know what I mean? They're, you know, those are the strong economies in the long run. Right. We're and, not and here to, we're not here to, we're just here to tell the truth. No, we the, are here. Right. Exactly. Uh, and again, if you sit there and say, well, these guys are Russia sympathetic. No, no, no. The, the, the message that we've been telling everybody is when Jim Cramer says, buy mortgage-backed securities, you want to do the opposite. What they're telling you publicly, um, for instance, Russia is they're evil financially. They need sanctions and they're going to collapse. No, actually, they're doing pretty well. Um, those sanctions have actually improved their bottom line. You're told that Russia can't manage their checkbook in so many ways, right? That sanctions are going to destroy them. That we're going to win this war to send more bullets to Ukraine. You're being told one thing, and what's actually happening is completely different. You're being told well, that the U.S. dollar is going to collapse. No, it's increasing. Right? Yep. And don't forget that Russia's jet debt to GDP might even be better if we hadn't blown their pipeline up this that, summer, last summer. Right? So that's exactly right. You know, it's like, you know I mean, I, I know that's a little bit of a sidetrack, but but the point is that. You know, who are the bad guys? I mean, right now, I think we might be the bad guys, you know? And I, again, I don't know that for sure, right? But all indications lead to it. You know, we aren't doing, I mean, we've lost control of our government, number one, right? We don't regulate like we should. You know, these markets are not regulated. It is the Wild West, right? And, but the, but again, I don't want to scare people from the markets because you're hooked whether you like it or not, right? right. We're hooked to this thing. Right. So, you know, get educated, stand your ground, right? Know what you're talking about, right? Discern the truth for yourself. Don't listen to what, yeah, I mean, hopefully you'll listen to what Craig has to say because, I mean, I have dedicated, I'd like to find someone else in the world who's put more time into this than me. The list should be pretty long, pretty short, right? I don't think there are going to be many people there. I mean, I have dedicated myself to this, you know, 20 hours a day, a lot of days. You know, that doesn't mean that you should listen to me, Right. It means that I can help get you in the place, but you have to make your own decision. You know, you know, there is no, even if I could tell you, it's still not a healthy thing. You need to understand for yourself. It's your life's work, right? right. This, this is your life's work. This is our country we're talking about, right? Yeah. Other pe people are controlling our money, our collective money, your money, my money, his money, her money. We need to step up and be responsible, right? We want to go after the phony president. We want to go after Congress. We want to, but we have to be responsible first for our own stuff. And there are things that we can talk about. There are guests we can bring on. There's a lot of people that I've met through the years. I'm sure there's a lot of people you've met through the years. There are people we can bring on to raise that level of expertise beyond what I can even imagine right now. Right. But somewhere you got to dive in. Anything you do, you have to dive in, get your feet wet, get started. And from there, we will make a great product. Right, we'll make a great product for people where they have a go-to source to get information, 
They can see the harmonics. They can judge for themselves. Yeah. Right? We'll shoot it. We'll shoot it to you straight. I mean, that's yeah. what we'll do. We'll shoot it to you straight. Yeah, you know, uh, I we're going to end on uh, on this. No, what? Not end. Actually, this is an introductory segment to Craig and Craig. I thank you so much for really. I mean, you, you you know, you don't do. Have you? Are you out doing shows every single day on any other uh, podcast? You're not. I've never done a show, so you know. You never have. No, I've never done a show, so you know. The thing is, like, I love your time slot, Pete. Right. I love the fact I remember when the Bundy thing was going down and I thought, what is going on out there? Right. So to meet one of the guys that was involved with that whole Bundy thing. I mean, I, when I first tuned into you, I'm like, hey, this is the guy with the Bundy thing. You know, That's so I was fascinated. But, you know, and I just look, I think you're you know, we're all trying to grow toward God. That's yes, what's sir. most important. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. You growing toward God. I'm trying to grow toward God. You know, I hope everyone else is trying to grow toward God. You know, and yep. and the truth. And, yes. And yes. So you know, you know what you've suffered. You've paid your prices. You know, through the Bundy thing, you've spent your time in the hole. You know, it's terrible, right? I mean, I think about what goes on with all these J six prisoners, right? These guys mm. are so innocent, and I, I just disgust me. And you know, one thing I was going to recommend to you, Pete, you know, or throw out there, may, might as well do it here. Why not, right? Is if Jim Jordan does get the speakership, he's only twenty or thirty minutes from me. I'm going to go and protest to release those videotapes and for, start forcing him, you know what I mean, at his Amen. offices, right? Because he's right here in Urbana. I'm going to start forcing him to start, he's going to have to address it, you know? I mean, we can't let those guys rot in jail. No, we can't. We no, we cannot. You're jail. right. You know, uh, another, no, we can't. Um, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we also need to know, because ultimately, no matter what happens, good or bad or what, whatever it is, no matter what happens, Humans will survive on the other. We're like cockroaches. You know, we've, we're pretty resilient. You know, we, we will, uh, you know, through the Great Depression, we came out of it and we became one of the most, what we'll call it prosperous, um, advancing nations. We're pretty innovative. Um, knowing information about what is to come helps you to prepare as to what you're going to do on the other side of it. It could be good or bad. You need to be able to feed yourself. I'm going to use an example. I talked to this guy and I had a tough time doing it because I was coming away from being a U.S. Marine that was, you know, I'm a Cold War veteran and the evil Soviet empire, you know. And I had a tough time talking to Russians. It took me years to even trust what they were saying. But I became really good friends with a couple of people. One guy was a tank commander, you know, and he told me about the Russian people and their attitude towards Americans was completely different than the government's attitude was towards the U.S. government. So he, he explained that to me, and I understood it. Another thing was I spoke to people that went through the collapse of the Soviet Union, and you know what this one guy told me live on the air? He said, you know what the currency was when this thing, our currency fell apart, everything was good, people were starving. But if you had two things, you were the wealthiest person anywhere. He said, number one, if you had fishing line, people would pay big bucks for fishing line. He said, I went out and I cornered the market. And he had fishing line. He became a, like an oligarch because he made money on fishing line because everybody had to eat. They needed fishing line. They needed to go fishing. He said, the second thing, vodka. He said, I had vodka and I had fishing line. And our nation collapsed. And I became exceptionally wealthy, right? So 
We're yep. going to go through these things. And if you just are in the know, just a little bit in advance of what's coming, if you're paying attention, you don't need to gouge, you know, of course, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. But, but if you know maybe what gold is going to do or the dollar is going to do or, and you preserve and you stay ahead of the curve, these people are going to steal from you and maybe you can avoid the theft and take advantage and survive, right? Right, right. First thing, that sounds like a great afternoon, fishing line and vodka, but, you know, anyway. Swear that's so, what but, he said. <laughs> that was the currency, yeah. How can you go wrong, right? Yeah. But the point is, you know, yes, you're right. So I look at 30 different markets, right, exclusively. I mean, those are the markets that I'm looking at, you know, whether it's precious metals, energy, grain markets, currency markets, bond markets, stock markets. And when you put the picture together through all those things, you can actually see a collective picture, right? And so the goal is to educate people on these individual markets and how they collectively come together so that they are more informed so that they can either one, find a good financial advisor, two, if they want to manage it on their own, yeah, that's, that is possible, but you do need a little level of sophistication to enter these trades and balance your portfolio regularly. But the key is you can go to your financial advisor or you can find financial advisors, you know, that that are attuned to this and are willing to work with you and you can help direct your portfolio so that you take responsibility for it. And there's a lot of things outside of the mainstream portfolio. We haven't even gotten into that, right? There's what you have to realize is that the elite, they have a whole different playing board they operate off of. They give us, you know, this and they take all the rest, you know, this playing board. And they're constantly innovating all the time too, new stuff, you know, bending tax laws, bending tax code. So the point is that, you know, there's a lot out there. Keep your mind open, you know, and be willing to study, be willing to do just a little bit of work every day. And you'll be amazed at what you can, what you can do, what you, the picture that you can put together for yourself. Yeah, and the objective is to uh, to basically, each, if every individual dedicated time to figuring out what's going on so that they could discern and make decisions for themselves and, and feel good about it. If we all did that, that's where our strength comes in. But if we surrender, if the collective surrenders to Washington, D.C., what are you going to get? $30 trillions of dollars in debt and World War stupid. That's what you get when you release that control to somebody else. So let's let's bring it back in. Let's let's do our own thinking. Trust absolutely nobody. Listen to and read everything you can get your hands on, and only believe that which you've researched yourself. Do your homework, and if we all do that, we are inconquerable. We're inconquerable, Craig. Thank you so much for taking it. We went way, way over. And, and say this again because I'm so honored, okay? You said you've never done, you've never come on a show and done a podcast or anything like You've never done that. That's amazing. No, I haven't. I'm no, so, I haven't. so honored. And, you know, the, you know the, the, the natural nature is when you develop something, right, you know, the, yeah. You broke up just a little I think bit. We have a little bit of a delay there. The, the nature, natural order of things you were saying. Could you repeat that? I think we had a you little delay there. Na the nature, natural order you were saying, and then you and then you stopped. 
Continue on, and we can hear you perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Can you? I'm not sure where I was going with. You that. know what? This is where. Okay, that's fine. Um, this is what we're gonna do. Zoom is run by Chicoms. They suck. I'm gonna move this thing to a different. I'm gonna do. I've been having problems with Zoom, but you know, of course, the Chicoms want to shut this conversation down, don't they? Uh, they want BlackRock to take over everything. Anyways, uh, Craig, thank you. Uh, you guys, this is the first of a series of many. We're gonna we're gonna have to basically put brand new goggles on. You know, we're we're it's just a different set of goggles. But do you? We're gonna end on this note. Do you agree that once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Yeah, there's no better way to say it than that, Pete. And, and that's you know. That's what excites me when I see my daughters and I'm teaching them and I see them light up, you know, when they get it, right? You see it. You're like, they got it. I know they've got it. They're good to go. You know, and whether it's a math, long division, you know, calculus, whatever it is, it's the same thing here, right? You know, I think the key is to keep interaction. You have a really good audience. This is a great place to try to start because we get interaction and feedback, right? I mean, like you said, I've never done a show. This isn't my expertise, right? My expertise is in the markets. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think I could be a big benefit to people, right? I think we need to do things like this. You know, like I said, I've dedicated my life to this. I'm more than happy to share it, and I'm more than happy to work with people until we get it to the point where we take control. Yes, sir. I uh, I want I want to thank you, and we're honored, and uh, I look forward to seeing how this thing plays out. Um, and it will. <laughs> There's no, hey, there is no stopping it. It's gonna, it's gonna play out. You know, uh, whether or not you get dust on you after the collapse of the towers depends on how close you live to the towers. They say. Hate to use that analogy, but it's gonna happen. Uh, these are, these are uh, people that don't have our best interests in mind, and we're gonna stay safe and we're gonna stay secure and stay informed. Craig, thank you very much. All right, everybody. Uh, I went over time. That was important. It was a great discussion. We'll see you guys this afternoon. We're going to wrap up the week. You don't want to miss it. Rachel Maddow said she's concerned about retribution. Wait till you hear what she has to say about what President Trump is going to do to her to arrest her, incarcerate her, try her, convict her, and electrocute her. All the mainstream media is freaking out about retribution. And it's coming. It's coming. Bye, everybody. We'll see you this afternoon on LFA. Don't miss it.